0: This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. You two
1: are the whiniest, most
0: self-absorbed sons of bitches I ever met. Come back, bitch and jerk. Creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are back. We're into our season six coverage, season six episode three and four. Chris, how are you tonight, man? What's what's going on in the world of, of Chris Moser?
1: Chris Moser's doing freaking great, bro. I'm <laughs> really um. excited
0: to hear that. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs>
1: I had a great weekend, all right? I'm feeling good. How are you doing, Big J? I'm doing
0: fantastic. Uh, life is good. We're, we're, we're rounding out – we're about to get into the, the end of the year situation, and I'm really excited about you know taking some vacay for a little while. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, spending some time around the house. I'm, I'm an old man, so I get really excited for doing, like, old man shit nowadays. Like, ooh, oh, wow, yeah. I'm going to have some free time to uh, clean up that concrete outside. The
1: concrete <laughs> really needs to be cleaned. <laughs> well, yeah, I told you, a big portion of my weekend was spent reorganizing my bookshelves, and I was like, F yeah, this is great.
0: <laughs> uh, well... Chris, we are into season six. I'm, uh, I'm excited yeah. to talk about these two episodes. I, I think both mm-hmm. of these episodes are absolutely fucking delightful. Uh, and maybe same the Bobby episode may be one of my favorite episodes ever.
1: I think, yeah, I top, honestly, top ten episodes for me. It's such a joy to watch. Uh, and it's such a, a surprise delight. It just comes out of nowhere. You're like, holy crap, this is this is great. Season six is delivering a little bit more than I expected it to. Having watched it a few times, I didn't know that I enjoyed it as much as I do
0: yeah, these are so far we've had a strong show and like that feeling of weirdness that we talked about in the last episode of the podcast is still there. Um, but they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're distracted me from it. Like it's still there and it's still exactly. caught out on inside the episode, but like things are happening on the screen that are more interesting than the mystery, which is surprising to me. Like I, I'm, I'm, i thought that I would be constantly distracted by the, how did Sam come back question? And they, they really do a good job of, of pulling you away from that.
1: Yeah. Um, listener if you're a fan of um feeling weird you can support us on patreon at patreon.com <laughs> slash monster of the week i had to fit that plug in there somewhere nice Me, uh, we are we are uh we're planning a lot of i think bonus episodes stuff like that some bonus content that's not necessarily mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mentioned on there so if you're interested in that sort of thing you can go check it out um but with that are you ready to get into these episodes
0: Sure. Um I do I do, do want to mention if you join that Patreon uh, you can get access to our cool cool Discord where a bunch of us supernatural fans hang out and talk supernatural literally all day. We have some international people in there so like so we just literally it's true. any time of day you could open it up yeah. and have like a, a a 50 post conversation about something that happens in season 10 or 11.
1: It's wild. It's a it's, yep. a, it's a wild place to be. Yep. Uh It's it's pretty uh remarkable how how populated that that discord as people are always talking about supernatural
0: <laughs> it's so great we have our own private supernatural forum chris this is something that i never thought i wanted and i'm so glad to have so
1: <laughs> same same
0: do you want to um catch us up on what's been happening on, with these boys on the road so far <clears throat>
1: well yeah uh <laughs> sure um i have that written right here jeremy of course you do chris <laughs> i me I just expect nothing check less my notes
0: extremely professional podcaster that you are
1: <clears throat> so here's the deal Here's the scoop. Last time on Supernatural, um, Dean got a job and Sam got weird. And I think that that kind of is, that definitely sums up the first two episodes of Supernatural. Um, Sam is back. Samuel, their grandfather, is back also. um, Both from the dead, from different places. Sam's back from heck. Uh Samuel is back from heaven. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any idea why. Least of all, Dean. Uh, we've been giving a front seat or kind of a first-person view through Dean's eyes. Uh, not literally, but for the perspective of these these last few episodes. Supernatural's doing some bold, strange things with our hunks. And uh I'm interested to see where it goes. There's been some hints about some some monsters acting up and being weird. Yep. There's um hunters working together and capturing monsters we don't really know what's going on there Mm-mm. all in all a lot of confusion a lot of mystery a lot of uh, uneasiness for our hunks and for uh your hosts as well
0: it 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 has made me feel a little uneasy before we get into the episode proper um i just do want to call out uh, last season for a majority of the season our good friend richard from the we're not wizards podcast had uh sung our intro um, the very catchy, this is monster of the week, which I find myself singing all the time. I don't know if that's because I like it <laughs> or if it's because I listen to it because I'm editing all these shows. So either way, uh, thank- we-, we wanted to give you a give Richard a big thank you for letting us use his, his vocals all year last year, um, or I guess all season last season.
1: It wasn't a whole year, but... Yeah,
0: that's why I corrected myself, Chris. Thanks for making this <laughs> editing job harder. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: It, Jeremy. i'm sorry <laughs> my uh, playful bants just sounds like awkward. i'm
0: telling now. you i'm telling you this this season uh our good friend audrey at bhs baby on twitter uh, who was our very first guest episode um i'm sorry second guest second episode. guest yeah she was our guest episode for the feedback episode in season three um just sang some saying some stuff for us and it sounds great so uh she actually recorded and gave that to us after we finished recording the first episode of season six so uh we don't mention it there she'll be in the show notes but I wanted to give her a special thank you for for doing those vocals for us and finally Chris we can get into season six proper are you ready?
1: let's do it
0: uh season six episode three is entitled The Third Man written by Ben Edlin and directed by Robert Singer so uh I don't know if you know this Chris but the boys They're back in town. We got them back in town. Oh, yeah. This was aired on October 8th, 2010. Sam and Dean call Castiel for help when they investigate a case about several dead police officers who seem to have been killed by the plagues of Egypt. Castiel confirms the staff of Moses was used to kill the cops and tells Sam and Dean that heaven is in a state of chaos. As Castiel is in the middle of a civil war against the Archangel Raphael and God's weapons have been stolen, why is this going on for so (laughs) long, Uh, the three head off to find the thief and come face-to-face with an old enemy. Um, yeah, that kind of outlines our, our plot pretty well. <laughs> Maybe a little yeah, too specifically. Certainly. Um, so yeah. So we- I was digging
1: around in, in Dad's diary for okay. this one. So The Third Man is also, it's the name of the episode, it's also the name of, a, of an old movie, but I, I knew I knew it from somewhere, so I, so I looked it up. And I found out about a thing called the third man factor or third man syndrome, which according to this uh, Wikipedia article, AKA dad's diary, uh, it refers to the reported situations where an unseen presence, such as a spirit provides comfort or support during traumatic experiences. So AKA Castiel, Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought it was an interesting thing. It's considered a paranormal phenomenon of some sort. It's been written about in a bunch of old books by a bunch of old people who believe a lot of bunch of crazy old things. Um, But I used to love digging into those aspects of supernatural, the weird little references and, and call, call outs they make, or the lore things that they pull at. So maybe, maybe I'll dig in into those a little bit more for season six and seven. Now that we're not so uh, overfilled with um, hunk melodrama, <laughs> Pe- pepper it in here and there.
0: I, uh, I, want, I just want to say because I, I looked, I was curious about this myself um, as a fan of the original third man movie. Uh, but I, so I looked at the supernatural trivia to see what our, our good friends over at the Wikipedia. Uh, sections had to say. And uh, they don't mention this this at all. So I think good on you for finding this. Uh, but they do mention that it's the third episode of the sixth season. And that could be why it's called The Third Man.
1: <laughs> a quick Google search would have told you otherwise <laughs> with Supernatural Wiki.
0: It could also be a reference to The Three Wise Men. Ah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm um, but yeah, uh, that's only because one of those three wise men was actually named Balthazar. Who we're gonna, you know, we're gonna meet a dude named Balthazar in a bit. So
1: we sure are. All right, let's dig into it. So yeah, uh, we're gonna start with some
0: old, good old supernatural gore. Uh, this dude, dude <laughs> this uh, this dude is in a police station, uh, and he just like literally starts falling apart. Like he's in a he's he's in between shifts. Like he's getting ready to go on duty, so like he's taking a shower or whatever, and he's. I don't know if he's shaving or whatever. Yeah, I think he is shaving right now or he's just like washing his face and he sees like a little cut and then Chris, just like a part of his face like slides off and he just like peels it away from himself and it is very gross.
1: It's so, it's digs into some sort of weird body horror thing because I was cringing watching it the entire time. Normally stuff like that doesn't bother me, but seeing this dude just peel away his skin like that, it was, it was real. It was visceral. It was gross. And then like, it just keeps getting worse and worse until his, like, face falls off and he, he falls over and just, like, splats into um, some cranberry sauce.
0: It is very, very disturbing and very, very gross. Um, and we're, we're, that's not even going to be the grossest thing on this episode.
1: <laughs> like, it's going to get no, a little worse. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, before we get
0: there, we get some good old-fashioned Dean sex. Uh, there's, like, this weird playing piano music and Dean wakes up next to our, our good friend Lisa and uh, they're they're starting to go to the bone zone when he actually wakes up in the Apollo next to like a train track or something. That's what I have in my notes. I don't actually remember that. But basically... Uh, yeah,
1: he's sleeping on the side of the road in the Apollo. He just like pulled off somewhere. Sure, yeah. And I, le- I would just like to, to note that I also wrote down the Dean was going to the bone zone. So I'm glad oh, we're using the same <laughs> vernacular now. <laughs> oh, good.
0: We're slowly but surely becoming one another. This will make a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's... Yeah, so the dream aside, which it's like he... He wakes up. Does he see somebody in his tree? I, I, I feel like I'm imagining that he's he's in the bone zone with Lisa. And he looks over and sees Castiel there. I think of course, I imagined that course. part.
0: Yeah, we, we, we both have Destiel in the brain right now. We just can't help it. Um,
1: but I think it's interesting that he wakes up at the on the side of the road, sleeping in the Impala, and it just seems kind of like, this is Desperate Dean. Like He's not even going to a motel with his bro anymore. He's just, just sleeping on the side. He pulled off somewhere. He's sleeping there. And meanwhile, we cut to Sam, Who's just hunking out?
0: Who is just shirtless. finished going to go into the bone zone?
1: He has just completed bone zone activities. Now he's just like doing push-ups and being like, "Yeah, I worked out all summer, and now season six back." Like we, check uh, me out,
0: like we all do after sex. He uses the, the <laughs> his pull-up bar mounted to the ceiling of a hotel room just to do some just to do some pull-ups in his jeans. <laughs> i'm just not gonna i'm it's not gonna have a shirt on but i'm here's my jeans and here's me doing a bunch of pull-ups
1: <laughs> like why i mean i i, I know why it's because they're showing off this bod yeah, yeah like yeah, absolutely. it's still real interesting but then yeah it's just he's he's in this this motel with the, with the sex worker who is basically like hey i had a great time last night um and for some reason he's like clears his throat he's standing there just totally totally silent being super awkward not saying anything um but just as she's about to leave he's like hey aren't you forgetting something and then he pays her um and she is like oh thanks next time you is on me i guess and here's my number call me on my night off and sam's like okay super weird and then he throws her number out and this whole scene is just like what the fuck is happening
0: it's it's really bizarre. At one point, she looks at him and says, boy, you sure do like to keep the mysterious act up, huh? And I'm like...
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's just standing there silent like a sociopath. It's
0: really fucking bizarre. Like, it's very, very strange. And it's also very, you know, contradictory to what we know about Sam Winchester, as, as season six has proven. Uh, this he, he specifically has told Dean in the past that, you know, he doesn't, quote-unquote, pay for it. Um, but, but, like... Just in general, like
1: Sam's Well just werewolves his- don't really accept general <laughs> currency, so
0: <laughs> here's my collection of silver bullets, you can have them. Um but yeah, he he doesn't normally like this this is not Sam behavior, uh, by by any stretch. so uh when Dean calls and says like, Hey, what's up? I'm I'm getting close to uh granddad's house, Sam says, Don't do that, I've got a case, uh come to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is it Pennsylvania?
1: I have it down as yeah, PA. Yeah, I think they're in, they're in Pennsylvania. PA. Yeah, it's same. Okay. Because <laughs> I
0: think that he says PA. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, is there a different... There, it's probably not another PA state, right?
1: No, it's Pennsylvania. Um, let's see. So it's... We find out also that it's only been a day since... Sam's last job or their last job together. I don't know if it's supposed to be since like the previous episode, uh, but Dean is basically it's been one day like, what are you doing? And Sam is just like, oh, you know, I'd just like to work. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, and and D- Dean obviously thinks that there's something going on here because this exchange is really stilted and it's not like Sam is like, I would really need your help on this or anything. He's like, no, we've got a case come work. Like, that's all I care about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, he's a little bit more natural when he's talking to Dean, but like as we just saw with this woman leaving, he was being super awkward, and like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like he's acting like a serial killer. I mean, spoilers: Sam Winchester isn't a serial. Oh, okay, I guess technically you might be able to classify Sam Winchester as a serial they, killer. At but the end not-
0: of season five, they <laughs> killed four innocent people and drained the demon blood from them so that damn could excuse me, so that Sam could chug it out of a milk jug. I just if that's not serial killer activity, I don't know what is.
1: It's it's strange. I'll give you that much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, After they After Dean says Yeah I'll I'll come visit you uh, We get our second Super gross out scene Uh, There's a cop That's kind of set up In his patrol car Doing speed checks And uh, Like they give you The impression that this dude Is just lazy off the bat Like he's He's got a giant Like 45 ounce Soda He's letting people Doing 70 miles an hour Go by And be like Oh I'm not gonna Chase you down for that And um, This scene is I thought filmed Pretty strangely Uh, because it's, it's filmed like there's somebody hiding in the bushes, like watching this happen. And this dude like slowly but surely basically just, just starts to like, like like break out in these weird like pustules all over. Oh God, I'm getting kind of sick thinking
1: about it. Yeah, it's (laughs) gross. So some gross shit happens to his face and then he dies. Just
0: straight up dies. Like he just like kind of falls apart just like we saw the other cop do. So this is two cops in a row that just literally basically melted where they were standing.
1: And I think, I know the boys sort of uh, make reference to this later, but at this point, the it sticks out kind of as as witchcraft. And from everything we've seen in Supernatural, these type of things are, are caused by by black magic. Um, but as we're going to find out, that isn't the case. So this is, it's, it's definitely a weird one, It's if not just absolutely disgusting. So meanwhile,
0: Dean shows up to Sam's, you know apartment of choice or whatever and uh he's on the phone doing like some some long distance dadding to, to ben yeah saying you know i know i can tell you're lying i know it was you i, I know because i lie professionally for a living <laughs> which is <laughs> thank you dean for acknowledging that and then uh yeah After he hangs up, like Sam kind of questions him on this. And and Dean says something that I'm very glad to hear him say, which is something you and I said in the last podcast episode, which is that Lisa is being shockingly cool about all of this. (laughs) I I wrote that down in quotes. I know he said shockingly cool. Like even Dean is surprised by how cool Lisa is being.
1: Yeah. And Sam is just like, great, good. I don't know if he, I don't know if Sam is aware that Dean didn't like break up with her. Because the way that he responds, he's like, "Good, better for everybody this way." It makes it sound like he's just like, "Good, you dumped her. That's all right. Let's let's get on the case." Um, I don't know if if I was just reading too much into that there, but no, it just seems like
0: he. It definitely seemed that way, but it. He, but at the same time, if he broke up with her, like, why would he be doing the the long distance dad true, thing to bear on the phone? So, uh, but it, at 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 the end of the last episode, I thought that Dean kind of left it ambiguous, and so that Sam assumed that he was going that Dean was going to break up with her. But uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah. So
1: guess it's not important but um this is i for whatever reason the plastic piece of crap line has always stuck in my head when dean mentions uh <laughs> sam's car who then just makes fun of the impala like sam how dare you
0: yeah number, like how much gas mileage do you get or whatever like what what the ever, you see how many miles
1: what's the mileage on that thing yeah, or whatever i'm yeah. like okay fair point sam but still
0: also i just in Sam's defense, like that Dodge Charger is a pretty dope vehicle. Like it doesn't have like that classic American car like, thing, but it's it's <laughs> yeah, definitely cool. Yeah, when I was cool trying ride. to buy,
1: when I was trying to buy my first car, like after I had my mom's old car, and then mm-hmm. I was like, I want one of my own. I wanted to buy a Dodge Charger really bad,
0: <laughs> but I didn't because I'm very poor. Because you didn't have forty thousand dollars, and because <laughs> yeah, I was Mike so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Sam Winchester had one, and I was like, Josh steer it. <laughs> They decide they're going to go talk to the the, the one of the partners to so the cop. They like saw one of these cops completely melt meltdown. Uh, so they they literally race to the next scene uh, with like mm-hmm. th- like and there's this great scene of them like squealing tires, pulling up into the to the front of this dude's house. Which like I don't know like do you, cops don't do this. Like what are you guys
1: doing? <laughs> this no. is so silly. No, it's just deep. Well, because they get out and Sam is like, deep, were you? Uh, were you racing me just now? And he's like, no, I was kicking your ass and uh and then some some
0: severely weird things start happening so they knock on this dude's door yeah. this very strange cop is in full like his full dress uniform not just his like cop outfit but like his full like I'm mm-hmm. going to get a medal on stage uniform yeah uh he basically slams the door in their face after they kind of tried to talk to him and Sam just doesn't even hesitate and busts the door in Which is, even Dean is like, excuse me? Like, is is this what we're fucking doing now? This is is ridiculous.
1: Dean, like, doesn't even have anything to say. He's just like, what?
0: (laughs) He's flabbergasted at at Sam's behavior. And frankly, like, so am I because... If you remember back in season one, Dean was always the more aggro person whenever it came to uh, breaking into people's houses, breaking into sororities, um, you know, trying to back on, you know, widows or the, yeah. the orphan children yeah. of somebody that just got killed by a wendigo or what have you. you know, he
1: was he was twenty six. <laughs> he was a young buck. Now yeah. he's entering his thirties, he's calmed down, his brother went to hell, he went to hell. You know he's he's calming down a little bit more, and, and Sam is just doing push-ups and kicking indoors
0: and having sex with with prostitutes. So good for you, Sam. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Very weird. Just
1: doing your thing, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, this cop has been spending a lot of time scratching out the faces of just about everybody in his like personal collection of family photos. And uh, when they they ask him about it, like he's obviously kind of messed up in the brain. He just can He just keeps repeating Christopher Birch. Uh, and saying it's a kid with no face and a planted gun. He kind of repeats that over and over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that they're starting to play with some kind of creepy imagery here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't add up to a whole lot, but the idea of, you know, a kid with no face and a planted gun, you, you kind of know what he means metaphorically. But just the idea of somebody without a face, and he's scratching out all the faces on these um, these pictures, and uh, it doesn't go anywhere in particular, but I do I did like that they're kind of just playing around with that kind of thing.
0: And these, and they are all old friends, right? This has been Adeline and Robert Singer, like they're they're old hands at this horror stuff. And I think when when we mm-hmm. do see these these gore aspects, when we do see these victims of the week that, that go through severe physical torture, like it's usually those two guys that are behind it, and they they know how <laughs> to present it. Um, not mm-hmm. saying that like it's a bad thing at all. Like I think it's I think it's pretty well done. Like this is this was this is definitely gross out material uh, because this dude just straight up collapses. And, uh, starts bleeding. Actually, he starts bleeding first, like, from his forehead, and then, uh, but he's got the cap on, so you don't really see anything. And then he just collapses. And when, uh, they take off his hat to see, you know, what this wound was, there's just a giant fucking hole in his skull, Chris. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous.
1: With some, with some locusts <laughs> with some some running around in there.
0: With in it, man. Like, it's just gross. And, uh, some nasty shit they they put this together so we had blood boils and locust so blood was our first victim boils was the second guy with all the pustules on his face and now we have a dude literally eaten out from the inside with locust which is uh not great very very egyptian plaguey you know what i'm saying like yeah. if you go to if you yeah. go to pinterest and you type in egyptian plaguey like you'll have a whole section in there for
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's the greatest hits of the egyptian plague right now <laughs>
0: I want my bathroom to symbolize an Egyptian plague. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, while also, um, let's see. So during all that, he does it, he does imply that they all have it coming, which I think adds mm-hmm. to the whole nature of it being a biblical plague of some sort. Uh, it's interesting that they're still kind of playing with like that same sort of range of religious mythology, pulling, pulling some, some new things into the, you know, um, Judeo Christian mythos they're, they're playing with here. Um, after the apocalypse. Cause you would think that they'd kind of be like, okay, we did that whole thing. Maybe let's start branching elsewhere. And that's what they have been doing with these weird monsters and stuff. And now they're, they're, they're tightening it back in onto like, you know, the events of last season.
0: And the way that they're going to, they're going to incorporate this into this season. I think it's really interesting into this episode rather. Um, so before we, we, before we figure this out though, uh, Dean says like, this is straight up some, some biblical shit. We, we need to call Castiel. And Sam is like, like, Hey, look, man, I've tried. I prayed a bunch. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent a lot of time after, you know, cause I thought it might be him that got me out of hell. I don't, I don't really know now, but he's just straight up not answering my phone calls. I don't know what do you want me to do? And Dean says, well, I'll try. And does this like <laughs> really funny angel prayer that I think is kind of hysterical. Yeah. And, uh, and then,
1: yeah. This scene it, is both impactful on a, um, on a character level, like the stuff with Dean and Sam and then with Castiel, um, for a few different reasons, but it's also super funny.
0: <laughs> it is super funny. i I, I love this scene a lot. Like this is, this is, a, this is a memorable scene because it's the first time we've seen Kaz. Number one, our good friend Castiel. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it's just, it's, it's just Kaz is being Kaz. Like he's being like weird, mm-hmm. weirdo angel, not quite human. Kaz. Yeah. <laughs> um So the first thing that happens is Sam is pissed. He's like, I, w- what, what, what do you mean do you like him better than me or, what, or or what what is this and and Castiel basically says Dean and I do share a more pr- profound bond but I you know I didn't want to mention it
1: <laughs> That's all the fans are like yeah we know <laughs> Um I do like it. Dean here is like despite how weird Sam is being Dean is still Dean and regardless of what you want to say about Dean and Castiel's relationship he hasn't seen Castiel in a long time Castiel went back to being an angel, not his buddy anymore. He is now an angel. He's a like a, a heavenly figure, which is, you know, Dean and Castile's relationship is going to go through a lot of different phases. And this is, a, this is a new weird one. It almost feels like he did answer Dean's call, but he's still a little bit, feels a little bit betrayed, I think. Um, because it's like he, it's sort of still looking at him and Sam as like a unit, or at least they were. So when he says like, you know, Sam went to hell for us, like that was all part of our plan, and then you can't even like stop in to say anything. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, this is
0: it. I, 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 I find all of this really, really interesting. Like this dynamic that the three of these people, the three of these people have. Right? If you can count Kaz's mm-hmm. people. Um, I don't know if you can really do that just yet, but these, these three, you know, entities have with one another because, uh, Kaz is going to go on to say in a, in a minute, like, actually I didn't come down here just because Dean asked. I came down because, you know, I I figured out, like I, I saw that somebody was using the staff of Moses and I needed to come handle that shit. Uh, but before that, it really just seems like Kaz is just there for Dean. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh yeah, Dean's back. He's in the life again. So I'll, I'll come down and help my bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't know how Sam is back. He... Mm-hmm. Doesn't know what happened to God. Like it's just he kind of gives us a little bit of a lore dump. There was some weapons in heaven and they've been stolen. We learned about the you know the staff of Moses, Um, and he he's here to collect it. He as much it's hard to tell if it's Castiel responding to Dean because I think that's how we all want to see it, or if it's Castiel being like, well, this just so happens to be the thing that I'm interested in because I think that the Castiel that we're looking at right now is not the Castiel that we had last season. Well, I know he's not. It's a different character it might as well be um i don't know if it's supposed to be that he got his grace back or whatever whatever happened at the end of season five but he's been hardened again kind of he's been shifted back from from that free flowing human type castiel that we had before that's a weird sentence i just said um but he was very human and he was acting with free will and now it sort of seems like he's kind of back to the will of heaven
0: absolutely and it's it, it, this is going to be illustrated very, very clearly, even for the people in the back seats um, here. In just a second, when he starts making some pretty awful choices about you know how they're going to solve this this mystery that's mm-hmm. at, that's at hand. Um, but in the in the meantime, uh, they they all kind of come together. Chris, did you catch a line? Cat says that he spent like the last year as a multi-dimensional wavelength of light or something. Like it's just a. I think I,
1: I wrote it down. Actually, <laughs> did
0: you really good? Because I I couldn't quite catch yeah. what it was. What did he say?
1: Um. Let's see. So after going through the whole thing about the, how the weapons were stolen um, and the weapons of heaven are now being used well, let's see i'm just following through my notes cuz i know i have it. okay so the angels they want the boy uh, they want those weapons back and they need the boy's help and i think the dean is a little bit pissed at this cuz he's like okay we co- mm-hmm. you finally show up but you're just asking us for help And Cass says, I'm sorry, my people's gills are rusty. I've spent the last year as a multidimensional wave of celestial intent.
0: That's what it is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Multidimensional
0: wave of celestial intent. Wave of
1: celestial intent. That's great. (laughs) I love it. But he also was like, regardless of any of that, you do not want that weapon down here on Earth. That thing is, I mean, it's causing people to like have these plagues upon them. Like this is, this is bad mojo. Like you do not want this thing around. So, uh,
0: this proceeds to be some of the most ridiculous like teleportation stuff that I've ever seen in my entire life because they mm-hmm. decide they're going to interview the, the the dad of the guy, um, the dad of Christopher um, Hughes, Birch. Christopher Birch, um, Christopher Birch, because, you know, he's he probably he might know something. Christopher Birch was like a dude that was killed probably by these three cops. Um, but Mm -hmm. this dude is like, they flash to him and he's just like head in hands, openly weeping, uh, to the point where when his other son comes up and he's just begging him to like, come play, let's go do something. Let's just not think about it. Like, obviously this, this, this man is in some pretty dire straits and then fucking Kaz just teleports all three of these dudes, like him, Cam and Dean, uh, just right in his fucking living room, <laughs> just directly yeah. in front of him. No, not outside the door so they can knock. Not in the backyard so they can scope it out. Nope, just right in front of this motherfucker. Yeah,
1: this is this is business, Cass. He's not messing around. He's not wasting <laughs> any time. It's business. It's, yeah. uh, he's
0: uh,
1: he's not he's not messing around. It's and Dean is the only one who's like, please, can we take a second? Sam's like, yeah, whatever. Let's just get the job done. <laughs>
0: I love because he's like how are you in here you know this guy who to these three you know home invaders and Cass and excuse me Sam just says we're FBI and just holds up an FBI badge like that explains everything
1: <laughs> <laughs> to him it does <laughs> of
0: course yeah I'm, I'm FBI what do you want what, what what's next um so it's they think it's this dude that's been using it but it actually turns out to be this guy's kid um so this this little boy And um, he's not using the full staff. Somebody has sawed it off, so we got a sawed-off staff of Moses on on Earth, Uh, which is bad, as Kaz mentions, because that means that there's you know more versions of this. But man, you would think because the way they present this in the in the in the show is that like there's a clean cut. It's like someone took a fucking saw to it, right? Like a circular Mm -hmm. saw just cut straight through it because it's a flat cut. And like you would think that that would break any kind of mystic properties, but nope, guess not. We could just I don't know. Can I get, can I get like a, like a staff of Moses, like, you know, just like a two inch piece to put on a ring so I can just like curse anybody I want to at any time? Like, is that the thing that can happen? I just
1: want to say it's, it's very underplayed, but it's got, that's got to be the most supernatural thing is a sawed off staff of Moses It's really just digging it into that kind of like Americana lore that they used to always love playing in and then bring in that Christian shit.
0: <laughs> it feels like a random name generator put, pop this out at some point, sawed off <laughs> staff of Moses, you know, plus 12 experience per kill or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So they, they, they interrogate this little kid and basically find out that he bought it with his soul. Um, which is not a good thing because he Uh-oh. literally sold his salt soul for it. Uh, cas immediately knocks this kid out teleports everybody back to i guess sam's room and puts this poor child in the bed that sam had sweaty sweaty prostitute sex in (laughs) and then says i'm gonna have to like go dig through this dude's soul to be able to determine what happened to it yeah
1: because the because the kid aaron he did say like no it wasn't well i don't think he says no it wasn't. but he said it, it was from an angel um which i'm pretty sure everybody takes at face value which is interesting uh I mean, he wasn't lying, but you would think that they would suspect him of lying or oh, being right. tricked. I think,
0: D- I think Dean both – I think Dean reacts to this like, excuse me, like an angel bought your soul?
1: Yeah, because yeah. that's not normal. No. Um, but yeah, Castiel is like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go rooting around inside of his soul with my hand, How you know? figure the logistics of that one out, and it's not going to be pleasant for him. It's basically like – torturing him mm-hmm. and sam and, again is like uh yeah do okay it, man. yeah do it kind of holding D back we like, go right ahead i want to
0: see this i'm excited uh <laughs> yeah. that he's doing this because if you if you make this sort of deal on a, on a soul uh it leaves a mark upon the person to, so you know so i guess anybody who can read soul speech or whatever knows that it belongs to a certain person Thing or, or what have you? I've mentioned this before. Like the more mechanical the soul business gets, like the least I'm inter- the less I'm interested in mm-hmm, it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's I, I, I like it as just a vague idea, not like an th- actual thing where like somebody wrote like a receipt and put it in this dude's like chest. It's <laughs> like soul chest yeah. or whatever. Uh, but it's I'll well, get
1: used to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know.
0: I know. I know. I'm not. I just want to say it now so that by the time this happens a lot, like I, I can people will just know my opinion on it. So.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. uh, So he goes rooting around in there. I think he gets a name. uh, And Dean is just sort of like, he's horrified. He's watching his old buddy Castiel torture a kid. And at the same time, he sees his brother, who is always such a bleeding heart for cases like this, just completely unfazed. He's just like, you know, well, we got to get the job done. And it's a version of Sam that it's we haven't. We haven't really seen this, have we? I mean, we like I think I said before, we've seen villain Sam when he was all hopped up on Demon Blood. But this is just like heartless Sam.
0: Yeah, this is just unfeeling, no empathy, dead-eyed uh, Sam Winchester. And like I said, holding Dean back to – because Dean like tries to go to stop Cassiel as Cassiel shoves his entire hand in this dude's chest. Uh, but it, you know, he just holds Dean back. It's like he has no sympathy or empathy for this little dude at all. And uh, Dean is is sort of horrified about all of this, right? Like you could just tell in his reactions. He's like, I, c- I cannot believe that we're doing this. And then when yeah. they, and you um, know, what
1: Castiel says is is I can't care about that, Dean. Yeah, I don't yeah. have the luxury, which is very telling of where Castiel is at. I feel like that's just him completely confirming, like, no, I'm not human anymore. Or, I mean, maybe it's him trying to say, this mission is too important for me to be distracted by something like this. Like, I have my biblical quest and I need to stick to it and I have to make this right no matter what. Um, God is known for wanting to test people in strange ways. But it's still at the same time, it reads like, I don't have the luxury of feeling bad about this because I'm not human anymore. I'm back to being what I was before. I'm a, a celestial wavelength or whatever. And <laughs> I don't have the capacity to care about things that, that fall outside of my, of my quest here. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Especially if Castiel it's just almost, right? Because like this yeah, kid could just, and, he's going to experience this and then it's going to stop. He's not going to kill the kid. Right.
1: Right. Castillo you sort of, he gets a pass, not a pass. We know angels are dicks, but as far from a character standpoint, it's like, well, he's back to being what he was and, He doesn't have the luxury to care about this. But Sam, he's not doing it, but he's so fine with Castiel doing it that it's it's very alarming. And Dean is just... Dean's Dean's just been in the doghouse this whole time. He has no idea what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's very unhappy about this. But again, and I mentioned this in the last episode of the podcast, but we barely get any time to really think about this because as soon as uh, Castile is done and he figures out that it's somebody named ba- Balthazar, um, yeah, an, an angel, angel that attacks. he thought was
1: dead, yeah, yeah, an yes, angel an, te- an angel shows up.
0: Yeah, like how? <laughs> Are they tracking Sam or Dean or this kid? Or, or like, what? How? Yeah, who knows? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, My guess, maybe maybe either Castiel or the kid, because I know Sam and Dean are still protected, with their Enochian etchings. We'll see if that plays out in this season. Let's, let's see how many times angels find Sam and Dean because they forgot about the Enochian etchings. Um,
0: Very much into it. Uh, (laughs) They fight and uh, they go through a very, what must've been a very expensive shot of Castiel and this angel flying out the window because like they go, like they filmed it from five different sides and we get it from all different sides, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. And, This angel, first he says, Castiel, or not Castiel, I'm sorry, Raphael sends his regards or whatever. I mean, that's Jamie Lannister sends his regards. That's that quote. Uh, But basically, Raphael, the archangel who they kind of fought with a little bit, what, in season five? Early season five? Mm -hmm. Um, He's the archangel who Dean and Castiel went to find in the hospital, where he was just basically, this guy had been kind of overwhelmed by letting Raphael in and. I think the last time we saw him, they had trapped him in a circle of, of holy oil. I could be wrong. Basically, they rubbed R- at Raphael the wrong way, and, and now that you know, the apocalypse is kind of or, or the the repercussions of the apocalypse are, are going strong. He's he's back in action, and certainly he would be unhappy with Castiel.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I want to say the last time they saw him was actually when they went back in time to uh, when Michael possessed uh, John Winchester for just a little bit when uh yeah
1: that might yeah
0: but the, the chronologically the last time is when they they probably left him in that in that ain't that fire circle or whatever and just like abandoned that dude <laughs> poor guy i mean I, yeah. I don't like raphael and raphael's a total dick in the show but like still that's rude <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, they, at this point, this is where, uh, Cass comes back, explains what's been going on in heaven, like this whole civil war thing. And then she's like, like, Hey, i I need to, I need to do this ritual, grabs Dean's hand and just slices it open without even asking. <laughs> like, and, and we always talk about this, but like literally anywhere, but the inside of my hand, please. Anywhere,
1: but the hand anywhere back of the arm. I'm not going to like feel that, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Do anywhere.
0: Uh, we start to hear sirens in the background, and you know we're kind of concerned about like how long this is going to take. And as uh, Castiel figures this out and says, like, "Okay, we're you know we're we're going to go to the next place." And Dean says, like, what, "We can't just leave this fucking kid here." And he's like, "I mean, the police are coming. Like, what are we going to do with the kid? Like, mm-hmm. to let the police handle it." And I'm like, "Actually, that's yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> the kid's not going to remember anything. He's definitely what he says is not believable at all. Just leave him."
1: It's probably a better option than taking them in the Impala. Because now, I mean, now the boys are going to have to share a car that Sam's car's been destroyed by Absolutely. Cassio. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the short-lived Dodge Charger in this episode. It's is yep. pretty great. Um, Made it three episodes. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go to uh, teleport to this mansion and they have this meeting with uh, Balthazar. Um, I don't particularly like Balthazar very much. Where, where are you at on this dude?
1: I never was a big fan of him. In, I don't know I just I guess that type of character just doesn't never really work for me super well mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with him and I do know that he is very popular but is he really I guess just kind of yeah I think I think a lot of people liked him a lot maybe I'm wrong I just I hear him brought up a lot but
0: monster of the Week got cool me, slash contact everybody
1: yeah let us know for me most of the angels never really work that well unless they're bad guys just Actually, okay. So, just just Castiel and Zachariah are really my my <laughs> angels that I like. Well, I Anna, feel like I, kn- I think Okay, can- wait, and Anna, and, and Anna. technically Lucifer. Okay, so plenty of angels work for me. I guess I just <laughs> he's fine. I don't I don't like actively like hate Balthazar or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just a it's it's I don't know. I it's think interesting.
0: The, I think the actor uh, portrays this character very well because this character is mm-hmm. kind of such a slime bag that I just don't want to mm-hmm. be associated with him. Like his whole yeah. thing is that he's been stealing weapons from heaven in order to collect souls for – like. and they're going to get into this a little bit. But ultimately that's going to be a giant question mark of why he was collecting souls besides souls have power I think is the the reason that he gives. Yeah, yeah it's just Souls so have much power. Of a, like,
1: it's a hanging plot thread in a way. Like, yeah, we're going to get to that. Like, here's a, here's a thing. And like, maybe we'll build upon it later because Mm. we don't know right now. That's what it feels like a lot of times, not to bring this to anime, but in anime, it always feels like in these long running series, they'll drop something like that. Just this random, like, little plot thread that like could mean nothing and might not ever come up again. Or it could be huge. If the writer decides that they need something, just, that's what this just starts one, to feel
0: like. Just one episode, Chris. That's all I'm asking. It's just I don't one even, episode I don't even, without I don't even mentioning your lot. weird anime obsession. I don't even do I, mention, a lot. do. I mention dark souls on every podcast? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, probably. I just, I just <laughs> did. So <laughs> yeah, I, the, the dude, it makes this dude into an active shitbag, and I kind of hate him. Um, and he's he's just a vulture, right? Like, he's just taking advantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, like, he's opportunistic, and um, he doesn't care about this war. He doesn't really care about anything. And um, he just is like, yeah, like th- this is all going to go to hell, like, regardless. Uh, so, like, I'm just going to try to live my life as good as possible. Reminiscent of Who- um, uh, Gabriel. Right? Gabriel. Like, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Same thing, yeah.
1: Except we had... Our, our window into Gabriel was much different, and we were... I mean, and not to say that, that Balthazar couldn't be given the time to, to kind of grow on us, because I don't remember all that much about him. I actually forgot about him until he came back in this episode. Um, so yeah, that, do, that doesn't mean that he he doesn't have time to grow on us, but where, where Gabriel or the trickster is just so kind of instantly likable, even as a bad guy, uh, that when he... He, he's, he has time to grow on you. He has time to, to kind of develop and there's a lot of pressure on him to sort of become accountable for his actions or his role in all of the heavenly shit that's going on. Whereas this dude is just like the B version of that. Um, again, that's just how it seems at this point. I don't want to dunk on him too much because like this is our first time meeting him.
0: Sure. And also, I, th- I think it needs to be mentioned that G- Gabriel has jokes. Like that dude is is kind of funny. Where mm-hmm. the, this dude just mm-hmm. seems like to be a total like a stick in the mud that wants to do bad things like a like a just a just an asshole in other words (laughs) just a straight up asshole yeah um kaz and him start like arguing um and it becomes clear that balthazar like has a grudging respect for castiel for his part the part that he played in actually stopping the apocalypse like Mm -hmm. it's our first glimpse into that castiel uh may be way more important than he used to be and, um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that's going to be something interesting that definitely the first time when I watched this was, was something I was like, Hmm, like if Balthazar feels this, like the people up, the angels up in heaven must be, also be thinking this too. Yeah. Um, but before we can really explore that. And again, I'm, I'm always just going to keep bringing it up because it's like, it's the ongoing, like fucking over and over trope of this season. Uh, somebody shows up to attack them. <laughs> like, can't talk. Yeah. Fight. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, can't talk. Angel got me. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh Raphael is here um with with two angel goons and uh I like that we get a little uh double brother oh, bluff. Oh, one last thing
1: about Balthasar. Oh. Sorry, I just I just checked my notes and I saw mm-hmm. he cites Castiel as his reason for rebelling against heaven. Um he's he's putting the accountability on Castiel. Did we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Uh He yeah, he's basically saying, "Hey, you rebelled, you stopped the apocalypse, you went against the angel's orders. Um, and you were my inspiration to go and do this. So it's maybe that's another reason that he started to rub you the wrong way. Cause he's just like, he's blaming Cass for his actions.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's, it's so weird that he, that Castiel would inspire this kind of behavior. Uh, yeah. and, and I guarantee in, in you a Castiel way, well, is not comfortable with it.
1: He basically says something or based like there's, there's no rules. There's no destiny. There's just freedom, which is exactly the type of thing that Dean was fighting for, but humans having freedom is a lot different than celestial beings having, free- having freedom. And then I think we start to see that with, when somebody like Balthazar is allowed to just do whatever they want. Um, and, and to that extent, Castiel and Raphael, these powerful beings able to do whatever they want. That's just that the human race is going to suffer for it um, because Cast, or Raphael, you know, shows up to attack again here. And I think in, in somewhere in all this mess, we learn that, Raphael wants to get the apocalypse back on track just because they had stopped. It doesn't mean that every angel is suddenly like, okay, it didn't happen. So let's give up on it. Like this is what is written. This is seemingly like the word of God that this apocalypse is supposed to happen. So of course they're going to be factions in heaven as I'm I'm rolling my (laughs) eyes saying this, (laughs) that want that happening. Um, The angel civil war stuff, which is exactly what this is. Never been my favorite parts of Supernatural. Although on paper it is somewhat interesting that they stopped this big apocalypse from happening, and now that there's there's the fallout that they have to deal with because that's the only way to sort of continue after season five is to deal with the fallout of that. You can't immediately just go into the next big thing.
0: Yeah, you have to you have to deal with it. And I like I like the way this is shaking out. Right? Like I like the fact that there are opportunistic angels that are taking advantage of the situation and be like, oh. All of these people are distracted, arguing with each other. I'm going to steal their lunch money, and I'm going to go to town and have a good time with their lunch money. In this case, their lunch money being the Staff of Moses, <laughs> one of the most dangerous weapons <laughs> in the in the cosmos. Uh, it, it, this is all reasonably good. Raphael shows up, and uh, we, we get some... We get some good stuff between you know sam and dean still know how to take down somebody using the old double brother bluff which is this is yep. real nice castiel yep. has obviously improved his um fighting skills because now he can throw an angel blade like he's gotten lo- he's leveled up a little bit so now he has ranged, yep. ranged he's unlocked to
1: the next skill tier mm-hmm, yep
0: mm-hmm. and um but raphael shows up and then there's like you know he just beats the shit out of castiel for a while <laughs> sure does <laughs> like castiel sure does. has no has no 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 defense against this dude whatsoever
1: um, but thankfully, his old pal, Balthazar, shows up with, I believe, another one of Heaven's weapons. I'm not totally sure what it was, but it's like this like salt crystal thing because he turns uh, Raphael into a uh, crystallized hunk of... Salt, I guess. I think he makes a salt reference. That's why I'm saying salt.
0: Well, he, it's specifically like that's what, that's what we used on, on Lot's wife, right? Like when Lot's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Like it's a, it's a, it's a holy relic. They don't ever actually right, right, name right. it, I don't think, but, um, this is some of the worst CGI that I've seen in the show. <laughs> this is, this is not great. Um, this is yeah. just like, well, they were, weird... they were
1: swinging for the fences with this episode. <laughs> they
0: really were. And it's actually, you know, up until this point, like I think all of this stuff has worked out really, really well. Like, and even this, like, I, I can overlook the shitty CGI and just be like, okay, yeah, now Raphael is, well, Raphael is not dead because that's Balthazar explains like, oh, now he's going to be distracted while he finds another vessel. He's going to have to find another Yeah, I just, vessel. I just killed
1: that man. Yeah. That I just, I just of. killed
0: this innocent person. This, this, this believer. He would definitely said yes.
1: So, um, that sort of takes care of that. And just when you think that this situation is over, uh, Dean traps Balthazar in a circle of, uh, holy fire, i guess and you know the double brother holy fire is always my favorite move (laughs) Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. they set him up and and basically like hey give that kid soul back because angels are out here making deals and that's just as bad as demons um so dean still being a good good boy dean demands that balthazar give that kid aaron his soul back and then that's it and then he Kind of, I think that Sam and Dean are on the same page here. We're like, okay, let's just uh, kill this guy.
0: Yeah, why are we going to let this dude run around town? Like, because he's obviously just a, a force of, of chaos. <laughs> this is not going to be mm-hmm. a good dude to, to just leave hanging out yeah. there.
1: Good and evil, Sam and Dean can deal with, but chaos is a real, <laughs> real stick <laughs> in the mud for them. Um, Wait, but so that baby, Castiel, Sam Dean, lets him go. Any
0: worried about that baby? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> nobody's worried about that baby. I guess the shifter just took it. Um, Castiel sets him free. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he suddenly he he's he's sentimental again. But before Sam and Dean can really give him any shit about it, he's gone, and that's it.
0: And both of them disappear. Like once he frees Balthazar, yeah. like he doesn't stick around to explain himself to Sam and Dean at all. Which is something I kind of like. Like as much yeah. as I want Castiel to be these dudes, like I want him to be the third member of this of this of these leads in the show. Uh, like I, I like him being aloof like this and being like okay. We've got the staff of Moses and I kind of know what's going on. I don't need Sam and Dean anymore. Peace. I'm out.
1: Yep. It's like at the beginning of season four, when I used to talk about how intimidating Castiel was and how I missed that. Uh, Cause it makes him like, he's intense. You know, he's not just another dude. He's an angel. And playing off of that a little bit, it's like he, Castiel almost knows his weakness for these boys or, you know, one of them. And he knows that he has to keep as much dis- distance as possible from them. Otherwise, he's going to end up rebelling again. Or he's going to end up going along with them. Because he, despite being an angel, he still has a soft spot for Dean. And maybe Sam.
0: And, and I think definitely Sam. Um, although they don't share that, that special bond, like Castiel <laughs> said at the beginning of the episode. Um <laughs> At, at this point, like the brothers, you can tell they're not entirely enthusiastic about the the solution to all of this about this this outcome. Um, Sam starts moving all of his shit into Dean's trunk, and uh, mm-hmm. he just has a lot of it. So like, there's like some shuffling around of stuff as Sam moves all of his new stuff in to the to the old trunk. Um, yeah, uh, it's
1: all of his huge shoes, his
0: in his gigantic darts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do like that he finds like a Halloween mask and calls it a yeah. Wendigo mask. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. why is he so bad at saying the word Wendigo? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Where is Where is Jared um, Padalecki from? Like what What, what was his original he is accent? From do you
1: think? he's from Texas. They're both from Texas.
0: Hmm. Weird.
1: I know that he. Um, he, I've watched some random interview once of him saying how, like, in high school, his acting class that he took or drama class, they taught the kids, like, real hard to not use their Southern accents. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's like he, he just never got good at not using it. So he's constantly fighting against his inner Southern accent. I don't know.
0: I could definitely see that. I, um, as I was a kid, uh, I, I looked down upon anybody talking with a Southern accent because, um, you know, most of the people around me. I just was like, I was that shitty teenager. I was like, all these people are rednecks and idiots and and, and dumbasses, sure. and I don't want to be associated with them. So I tried my best not to talk like a like a like a hick, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I don't have a very pronounced accent nowadays. Uh, I've since just kind of don't care that much. So like in my thirties, it's just been a, like whatever, who cares? Let's just do yeah, the thing. yeah, yeah. Um, I've sort of,
1: um, I did the same thing. I used to dude I used to text like I was writing a novel commas punctuation and now everything. I'm just like LMAO. <laughs> <Send>. <laughs> <But> anyway, um, <laughs> that about wraps up this episode, right?
0: <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's get into some, some, some brother emotions, man. Oh, that's uh, right. That's because, right. We got to have some brother emotions. Dean wants to talk to Sam about this. Like he's very concerned that Sam had apparently like no, no qualms at torturing this child. Um, and he, he, Demands to know what's going on with Sam. He says he's different, and Sam yeah. agrees. I right? like
1: that it's it's still de- it's still Dean approaching things in a more mature way than he used to. I, I like to see that some of that growth um, that we that we watched over the, you know four and five has has stuck with Dean, where he's like, "Hey, I'm not picking a fight with you, but you know you're not okay. Let's talk about this. This is very much the shoe on the other foot here, and um and like you said, yes, yeah, Sa- Sam is like, "No, you're right. You know, I am different, but it is what it is."
0: And it's it's again, we're gonna be left with these all these questions and it's not satisfactory mm-hmm. at all.
1: Well Sam says he's just been he's been hunting nonstop for the past year since he came back, and and he's a little bit rough around the edges. And that's like not an excuse because he's been hunting nonstop for like the last six seasons like my dude <laughs> what's yeah, up
0: now, now that she went to hell now it's a mess it's a problem and yeah uh, and dean tries to bond with him on that too saying like no no i, I was there too like if anybody can yeah. understand this it's me and sam's like no, no man this it's not exchange
1: that. is interesting he I'm says right. i know what hell i know what hell does to a guy and sam says to you you know what hell does or did to you um i think it, it what does he say okay I wrote it down. He says, I know what hell did to you. It tortured you. I think it still does, but I'm okay. And it's like, he says it, Jared says it in such like a, an honest way that it's weird. And this whole thing does actually feel very honest in in a strange way. Um, Where he's like, yeah, I think hell does still bother you. And like, that's okay, buddy. Like, that's fine. But Dean is like, what are you saying? Are you saying that you're, you're stronger than me? And old Sam would have been like, yeah, I'm the better hunter Dean. But he just goes, No. I'm just saying we're different. And again, it feels like that's, that's Sam really just saying that he's not trying to argue or anything, but he also doesn't really want to talk about it. Um, Sam or Dean is trying to, to come at this situation the way that he's always dealt with Sam, which is either I'm ready to argue or like, I got to make emotions happen for you little bro. But Sam is just so detached from the situation that it's, it's off putting.
0: Yeah. Dean is ready for the emotional outpour. Right. Like, like, cause that's what Sam has always done yeah. his entire life is get into this emotional side and demand from Dean. Like, what are you feeling? What are you, what are you, what are you, what are your emotions right now? Tell me everything that's going on in your head and your heart. And with the absence of that is really putting Dean off kilter. And when Sam insists, mm-hmm. like, no, I'm fine. And you know, you, you deal with your shit. You don't need to worry about mine. Uh, that attitude just does not sit well with Dean. And I, it doesn't sit well with me either. Chris, like I'm, I'm concerned over no. our boy Sam right now.
1: It's strange. Everything is strange.
0: Everything is strange. Uh, final thoughts on this episode?
1: It's good, you know. I I like that what they're doing with the lore, leaning into some interesting stuff. Again, I, I'm going to keep coming back to the fact that not all of my, uh, I don't know, I don't like all of what happens in season six, but I like the promise of it, and I appreciate the promise of it, and I still think that we're heading in a good direction right now.
0: Same. I, I think this episode. Um, Dealing uh, dealing with the fallout, like dealing with consequences of plot, is something that I find very interesting in in any Mm -hmm. kind of TV show or serialized fiction. Like you can lead up to those big events, but you can't ignore them after the fact. I mean, you can, but I'm going to like you more if you don't. And uh, like dealing with this kind of stuff, and you know, this this is. this is kind of interesting like this is you know like this 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 mythological weapon more or less is now like the potential for these things to get out on humans is, is to, like imagine if this was anybody but a 10 year old kid right um right this would have been extremely bad uh and I, I i like i like that aspect of it obviously the the episode itself was was directed and written very well because we have our, our old friends back on it um so yeah, I'm, I'm at this point. I'm extremely excited to to get into the rest of the episode, the rest of the season six. Episode that we're going to cover today is "Weekend at Bobby's," written by Andrew Dab and Daniel Laughlin, directed by. Uh, I must have some, mis- some mistake here, Chris, because that says it was directed by Jensen Ackles, but we all know that Jensen Ackles is the hunk that plays Dean. What's what's going yeah, on? Here?
1: For sure his directorial debut on the show and i wow. i got to say spoilers he knocked it out of the fucking park
0: i wish he directed every single episode almost cuz <laughs> this, this is, is a so fantastic
1: great. episode yep um this aired season on, 6 I- is worth it just for this
0: <laughs> easy yeah um this aired on October fifteenth, two thousand ten. Uh, after Bobby discovers Crowley has no intentions of returning Bobby's soul, the hunter takes matters into his own hands. He calls on Sam and Dean for help after he unearthed one of Crowley's deep, deepest secrets. Meanwhile, Sam and Dean learn from what Bo- learn what Bobby does all day when they are not around. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> friend of the show Wikipedia dot com. That is not true because <laughs> the the viewer definitely learns that Sam and Dean don't yeah. learn shit. Uh, they just
1: they just get yelled at at some point. A little bit of
0: trivia for our good friends over at that Wikipedia, by the way. Um, this episode is Bobby-centric. Just <laughs> wanted to put that out there. That's a Great piece of trivia. <laughs> trivia is what that is. Uh, and Not just, you know, what the story is about. But yeah, this is going to be uh, an episode that kind of centers and revolves around Bobby. Our hunks are still present. Um, Mm -hmm. our, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to be dealing with some of our hunks, but, uh, it's mostly going to be about Bobby and his dealings with trying to get his soul back from Crowley. Uh, so, Mm uh, we, we do get our, our like then thing, which explains this whole situation. Listeners, if you're just started with this in season six, if you've forgotten for some reason, uh, Crowley made a deal with Bobby in order to figure out the presence of death, or the location of Death, excuse me, for the boys to go mm-hmm. collect Death's ring. Presence
1: of Death is Jeremy's metal band.
0: Absolutely, Presence of Death. It's got four <laughs> bass guitars. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> four bass guitars and no drummer.
0: <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a keyboardist that I don't think actually knows anything about the keyboard whatsoever. She, she just plays <laughs> random notes and moans. It's fan-fucking-tastic. uh but she he he Bobby also got his legs back he had been he had been uh, yeah, handicapped yeah. in the previous episode so uh, that catches us up pretty well uh, we do we, we start a year ago and uh, Bobby is yeah somebody- this is
1: something that they've just left hanging they never like we saw Bobby briefly a couple episodes ago but they never mentioned you know the whole he sold his soul he was supposed to get it back we just never saw Crowley again after their their last little meet and greet Mm -hmm. in in season five so i'm glad that they not only took a a detour for this because it's such an excellent episode but because it's unfinished business and i i i want our hunks to be there for things i want them to be there for bobby but i like that they're not like they can be selfish as bobby will point out and sometimes he's just got to deal with shit on his own and it it feels like a stronger piece because they're not there for it
0: absolutely absolutely and it's and it's it's that young it's that young man thing, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. them it's their casual, just expectation that Bobby's always going to be there and always do the right thing for him, and uh, and that and there's no recipro- reciprocity to that. There's just right. like they just expect it without wanting to put any work into it, and that's a very young man thing to do, like just not realizing mm-hmm. what the, that their actions have consequences. Um, so yeah, a year ago. Uh, Bobby is summoning Crowley, and this is where we've we learned that, uh, well, first off, like they talk about their whiskey, like their taste in drinks for like a while, and I don't know why. Yeah. It doesn't really yeah. come up again, as far as I can tell, other than like, well, I guess, absolutely, I'm sorry, it does. It's a major plot point, never mind.
1: <laughs> I, just, I just realized that, my bad.
0: Crowley confesses to liking a certain kind of whiskey, but yeah, Bobby, okay. <laughs> Whoops. You um, pick
1: the one thing to dunk on that's like, oh, wait, this is the one arbitrary detail that's actually not actually, arbitrary. Actually,
0: very, very important to the entire episode. <laughs> it's the whole thing that <laughs> this whole thing revolves around. Whoops. Um, but yeah, Crowley is there. And, you know, we've, we've seen Crowley a few times and he's very smarmy and he's very great. Uh, he's mm-hmm. very much into like what Sam has done. Uh, I guess at this point, they don't they're not neither one of them are aware that Sam has gotten out or Sam hasn't gotten out. Like it's not really clearly explained
1: yeah yeah because this again this is a year ago that we're looking at so this is like presumably right after um you know sam jumped in the hole
0: and bobby basically says i want my soul back and crowley yeah. says well you need really need to read your contract better and bobby said what contract and then like this weird red writing appears all over his body like it's that fucking pen from harry potter <laughs> and uh and, <laughs> and crowley says you know you need you need to read all of it especially the part on your naughty bits and uh I don't know Crowley's weird like uh, like interest in dudes in this. Not weird, but like his his like expression of this to Bobby. I can never tell if he's like genuinely interested in Bobby or if he just thinks it's a like <laughs> it a is, fun well, thing to fuck with Bobby yeah. about. Right? Yeah, it's maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> could be could be like a little bit of both, and I, I I'm into it. Like I, I am here for for Crowley, yeah. like kind of just intimidating Bobby with his sexuality a little bit
1: because they're the only two in the same age group so sure yeah
0: they might as well hook up got to ship somebody right chris <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah got to set sail somewhere
0: is that a uh, is that is that crabby is that crabby Bally? feels good crabby yep. feels pretty good yeah yeah um let us know because <laughs> i'm yep. sure that exists but let us know what it is so uh,
1: if you think the the double brother knife throw is a good trick wait for bob till bobby hits you with the Blacklight devil's trap track because this is is primo this is great antics
0: this is great and i love crowley's reaction of uh i I hope that's uh what does he say i hope that's paint or whatever
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: that's my that's one of my favorite lines and uh the the office is when uh michael scott is trying to host that um like party at the uh at the convention that they're going to or whatever he's not trying to have a party in his hotel room and he turns on the uh the black lights, and there's just white shit everywhere. And and Dwight is like, that's either uh, blood, semen, or urine. And Michael's like, God, I hope it's urine. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, I don't really, like, I don't really care. But like the mechanics of how this works, like, I figured it seems like anytime you walk into a devil's trap, like you should automatically know that you're under a devil's trap. And I feel like the show has done a pretty good job of like, Showing that a little bit, like as soon as they step mm-hmm. into it, they're like, "Ah, shit!" But Bobby doesn't, or uh, Crowley doesn't seem to even either understand or like let on that he knows or, or whatever. He just ignores it more, more or less.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be. You know, if he doesn't try to use his powers or do anything, then he maybe he wouldn't notice. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe he's just expecting this i mean because he is prepared for it as we're going to see bobby's demanding his soul back and crowley's like yes yeah, sorry bud uh, no can do as we learned last episode souls are, are valuable currency for some reason now and he he pats his invisible dog on the head or something and, and reveals that he has hellhounds with him so unless bobby um wants to take an early trip down to the pit he he needs to let crowley out now
0: So after this, um, there's obviously like an uneasy truce between the two of them. We go to the present day where Sam and Dean are hiding like in some really threadbare bushes next to a fucking playground, (laughs) digging out the body of a corpse. Like they're digging into a body of a corpse. Excuse me. Like it's the most ridiculous like placement I've ever seen in my entire life
1: classic Winchester bullshit. (laughs) It's
0: classic Winchester bullshit. It's really funny. Uh, (laughs) They find a claw in this dude's stomach that they can't identify, so they use the magic of, like, I don't know, faxing from your phone. Like, Dean does something on his phone to take this picture, and then, like, Bobby's computer does the old like internet noise, and it gets the picture on yeah. the screen. Yeah, this dial so up or whatever. Hilarious.
1: It's like when I used to uh, when I used to want to get pictures onto my MySpace back in the day. I would take a picture on my cell phone and then text it to my email address, and that's sure. how I would get it.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> you could have like that uh, like two two five seven five three at AOL dot, or, or at AT yeah. whatever email address that you would get it from.
1: Yeah, some weird shit, man. MySpace. Shout out to MySpace. Shout outs
0: to my, my mom had a MySpace. Did I ever tell you that? That. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. I don't know why. Like I was, it was before I was even into social media. Like I, I didn't even mess with that shit at all. I think Autumn had one, but I just did not fuck with that stuff. And yeah, of course, I didn't have a Facebook Look- till two thousand nine, so I was way, way late on all this. Look at you now. I know. Let me tell you. I, now I have all of the all of it. <laughs> you have
1: like eleven Twitter accounts, mastodon, several
0: fucking mastodon, a, a bunch of email <laughs> Instagrams, and Facebook. Facebook will not fucking stop. Just constantly sends me notification for the podcast pages of like you know posting a photo is a great way to engage with your audience. I'm like I don't have a photo to post for fucking don't give up skeleton. Just wait till Wednesday. <laughs> a new episode will be out. Leave me the fuck. A- Why was this a notification? <sighs> Sorry, it's, um, what were we talking about Supernatural?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> so um, yeah, they, they, they so, get this photo yep. to Bobby and it's- Bobby uh, gets
0: this fax. <laughs> Bobby gets a fax from Dean's cell phone. Um, yeah, the, and he decides to do a whole montage scene of uh, somebody covering, you have to know when to hold him, uh, know when to fold him from Willie mm-hmm. Nelson uh, and him just doing a, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, And I I I love this just a whole lot. Like he 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 has to like go break into this library. He has to steal a book.
1: He's he goes really to bad the library. He goes to the library, but it's closed. But like Dean can't wait, so he has to break into the basement. He falls in. <laughs> he gets hurt. He gets what he needs. He comes back out, goes into his truck, but his truck won't start. It's just a montage of bad things happen to, happening to Bobby, and then Bobby just saying "balls" over and just over, over
0: and over again. It's really great. We should we should mention that on his way to the library, he sees his uh, his cute next door neighbor. By the way, who makes a point of waving to him because yeah. she's going to come back later in the episode
1: um, after saying. Go ahead. It's just funny. Like this is, I'm. I'm so happy we got to see all this because Dean or Sam would call him like every other episode for the last four seasons, and we, we he would just be like, "All right, yeah, Bobby. Bobby came back to us with this lore, but it just shows what Bobby has to go through to get all this shit that they have no idea."
0: Yeah, it's it's. I, I love it. We, we've talked about this before when we give ourselves a different perspective when the show gives us a different perspective of the Mm -hmm. boys. Um, it's, it's always very, very strong to me. Like whether we see them through the eyes of a civilian, where they look like superheroes or, uh, whether that, or whether it's like this, where we see them as just a constant nagging, like source of irritation (laughs) in Bobby's life. Either way, I like seeing these different aspects. Um, and not just as like the standard, you know, um, hunks. So yeah, after staying up all night, Bobby, uh, has having stolen this book from the library, uh, Bobby turns out to finds out that it's a uh, it's a Lamia and I don't I didn't look up any information on Lamias
1: at all or did, did you I did I, not uh, uh, I looked up the the other monster in this because mm-hmm. I forgot about the first one
0: um, but basically the only way to kill this thing is with a silver knife blessed by a priest and Dean's like okay fine I gotta go and like hangs up on on, on Bobby immediately which is it feels yeah. wrong even in the moment right
1: yeah, yeah. It just—I don't know. I guess we, we would be used to seeing it from from Dean's end, where there is nobody on the other line because um, Bobby's not in this episode. When he'd be like, "All right, thanks," and then hang up. But here, yeah, he just he just hangs up on Bobby, and he after seeing everything that he just went through, it's so sad.
0: <laughs> it is it is extremely sad that he put this much work into it, and Dean just dismisses it entirely, um, or doesn't even as bother as doesn't even bother to dismiss it. Just
1: just yeah. takes the information and runs. Yep. Um and as soon as as that is has is over he 's just been you know unappreciated by Dean. We just hear like a faint calling off in the distance like hello i 'm still here and that 's when we realize that not only was Bobby in the middle of some shit, you know he he wasn 't in the middle of cooking dinner or or mowing his lawn. he had to drop it all for Dean. uh he was in the middle of torturing a demon for information on how to get his soul back
0: <laughs> so uh my number one question is why is this is this chick not in the uh, detox tank? Like that seems I don't did they lose that set or something because it seems like the perfectly <laughs> mo, most logical place you would put a demon in your house is in the in the demon proof detox tank
1: you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of memories in there and uh, you know maybe the he can't get the demons in they can't cross over the line
0: oh um, you know okay you know what I'll accept that that's actually very good yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh so yeah he's got this chick tied up and is torturing her uh the the show makes this out to be like a secret but I don't know why maybe it was just make me remembering stuff that had happened but I I automatically knew that he, like he had her bones wrapped up in this thing and that's mm-hmm. how he was torturing her did you remember that or did it did you find out later in the episode
1: oh no I totally remembered it because it seems like such a major like yeah. part of this whole thing and we're so used to them torching the bones of ghosts that it's like no big deal but basically what they're doing here and we'll get to it later is it's not obviously the bones of the vessel because the vessel's right in front of him it's the bones of the demon from when they were human yes which seems like you'd have to jump through so so many hoops to get that kind of info uh, or to get to get bones like that because i mean even ruby says that she was a witch. However, many hundreds of years before she became a demon, there's there's a timeline on this shit. It doesn't seem like you become a demon overnight. So the fact that he's getting any demons' bones remarkable.
0: Yeah, and it's a testament to how fucking good Bobby is at his job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 this is really good, and he's got like basically a like a flamethrower that he's using to 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 toast these bad boys with, and she caves. She tells him that oh, okay, well uh, Crowley has set himself up as the king of hell. Um, mm-hmm. And, but before they go any further, uh, the doorbell rings and it's the cute neighbor who just wants to hang out with Bobby and be a couple. And it's yeah. really, really sweet. And I wish it worked.
1: She brought him some some peach cobbler. And brought him it's some just, like, just calling up with all these excuses. Hey, why don't you come over for dinner? And he's like, yeah, okay. I don't know. maybe That sounds nice. But, you know, whatever. And come, then by and she says, um, come by and fix my wood chipper. Come by and fix my wood chipper. He's like, okay, sure. I'll come do that. Uh, meanwhile, a, there's <laughs> just screams. is yeah, a euphemism different. if I've ever heard,
0: ever, ever heard one. Uh, Can you come by and fix my wood chipper, Chris?
1: You know what I'm boy, saying? Boy, oh boy. Stick something in there, it gets all chopped up. Um, she hears some screams in the distance, and Bobby's like, oh, I'm just uh, watching some stupid horror movies. It's a guilty pleasure. And she's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. This lone man living in a junkyard by himself, <laughs> screams in his basement. And she, that's it, fine.
0: And she says, oh, you like horror movies? Have you seen Drag Me to Hell?
1: <laughs> Maybe He's b- trying to avoid it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's some really good lines in here. I like it a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 really fun. I guess is drag me to hell like a McGee thing. Is that why it's gets Mitt it reference? must be it, it must has be. to be yeah. Um, but yeah, so he finally gets rid of her and goes back down, and that's why he that's when he finds out that uh, Crowley's real name is Fergus McLeod, uh, which yep. is the only I cannot say that without saying of the Clan McLeod because I am a huge Highlander nerd. So uh, <laughs> come at me uh, <laughs> it's, with, with your Highlander theories at some point. Uh, but yeah, he just basically kills this chick. And then we get some more kind of montage scenes where just everybody and their brother is calling Bobby for help. Yeah. Like he's constantly it's answering just, the phone.
1: Bobby on the phone uh, with somebody named Garth. Wait, I, at the moment, I forgot that we hadn't met this character, Garth, yet, who he is going to actually show up at some point. Um, calling Bobby. Uh, for help telling him to call the FBI. Like, oh yeah, you know, whatever you're looking at doesn't look like it's actually, you know, a hunter thing, call the FBI. And then another one of Bobby's phones rings and he answers it. It's it's just Garth on the other end. He's like, no, the real FBI, not me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's just a montage of his phone ringing off the hook.
0: It's constant, man, and it just makes you feel bad for Bobby that he set himself up to do this because obviously somebody needs to. Like, there needs to be, like, a central nexus of information of somebody that knows how to kill these things to go back and forth. But uh, it's – oh, man. Like, it just seems like it's extremely exhausting, especially when his buddy Rufus just shows up at the door with a dead body.
1: It's like – it's the way that all of these scenes work, it's, it's hard to talk about because it's just, it's delivered so well. And just, he just shows up and he's, I need to bury a body. <laughs> like it's the, the, the wacky antics that these boys get up to. I'll tell you. Um, it's, but, it's but Rufus is, he's got some interesting shit here. It's, uh, an Okami which I think mm-hmm. that's what he calls it. And bo- the, the Lamia or whatever the hell they, they said that Sam and Dean were hunting is a monster. I think that they had never seen outside of Greece before. I could be wrong on that because I mm-hmm. didn't take notes on it. Um, but this Okami, which I tried to look that up. it just the word that I always knew. It was just like a wolf or something like the video game. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it, it is supposed to be some sort of a mythological creature. Uh, I think the wiki lists it as like a cousin of a werewolf sort of. it's It's like a werewolf, but just in japan i guess however rufus ran into it in america which is not japan and that's super weird um but yeah he he killed this this okami and now he needs to bury it on on bobby's property for some reason um but i think it's just further evidence that monsters are being super weird the fact that they're finding like continental monsters uh, or ones that are like region specific monsters outside of those regions that's pretty strange
0: Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is bad news. Like the fact that these, Mm -hmm. these monsters seem to be spreading outside of their, their natural habitats. And it's something that we've seen before, like with the shifter, the, the alpha shifter who didn't seem to need to shed his skin to shift or, uh, you know, these, these weird ass gens that we saw in the very first episode that we just were kind of more powerful than usual. Like they could go out and blend in during the day. So, uh, I, I'm really, really into this weird monster treatment a whole lot. Uh, after, after the, after the plot fest of season five and then basically not having anything, any time to do anything but cry, hunk out and, you know, (laughs) talk to one another about like all of their failings as as, personally and professionally. Um, it's, it's nice that like we're getting into some straight up monster shit a little bit. Like I'm, I'm into this, even though we're not Um, hunting monsters, right? Like we're going to see a little bit of this, uh, um, in just a second, but like we don't see a lot of them like hunting down monsters. They just keep showing up dead on the door
1: more or less. (laughs) right as as fans of you know horror sci-fi fantasy whatever it's just kind of cool to see them play around with these things a little bit even when they're just in passing um just the the idea of this stuff existing in the world of supernatural i think adds a a nice little uh boost to that side of it because it was neglected a little bit um to to great gain in the last two seasons but still it's nice to see them you know touch back into it a little bit
0: and uh they they bury this body in kind of a shallow grave in the back of Bobby's land, um, and uh, after they're done with this, like Bobby is ex- not after. Excuse me. During obviously had to be a lot of shoveling. Uh, Bobby has explained his his situation with uh, Crowley and explains like, oh yeah, Crowley mentioned his favorite whiskey drink, and Rufus is like way into this whole whiskey thing it, it, mm-hmm. it, again. Like he's he's also way into it, but Rufus is like, hey, let me help you out with this thing. Like you, you've helped me out enough. Like let me let me help you out. See if I can get into this. Uh, a little while later, uh, I love this, Bobby's in his house when a uh, an asshole in a suit and our old friend, Sheriff Joni Mills, shows up at the door. Yeah. Uh, the asshole in the suit is an FBI agent, and they're d- both demanding information. A the
1: real one. List. A real FBI agent. <laughs> an actual agent.
0: FBI agent uh, who had to look at Bobby's like bank of phones and go, like, excuse me, who is this guy? Yeah. We- we've got, and, like, if the word watch list didn't already exist, Bobby definitely created it right here. <laughs>
1: Um, everything that happens here is great now that we know that like jody's on the up and up with everything she she knows what's uh what's going on with the hunters and i think at some point she says something like you know she sent the fed outside and bobby's like why did you do that she's like well because i figured you didn't want him in here like or you had a body in here or something he's like well i do but there's a body in the backyard too
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love the fact that um after like before they had a tenuous piece like the last time we saw sheriff jody mills um, they were just, she, he was definitely considered like the, the crazy person in town, but after they yeah. went through her zombie child rising from the grave and then gr- gruesomely murdering her husband, they seem to have become friends. Like they yeah. both kind of got a vested interest in, uh, protecting Bobby and making sure that Bobby, I think Bobby even mentions it at some point too, towards the end of the episode where he's done a lot for that town. And I can only imagine like the, 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 the casual ghost infestations that that dude takes care of on a regular basis. Yeah,
1: I'm, uh, I would Still more than anything like a Bobby spin-off series or a Bobby comic book or novel or something that just covers, like, the shit that Bobby gets up to in Sioux Falls. Uh, We get one episode out of it, and it's fucking gold. (laughs)
0: I want I, I want it to be from the perspective uh, of the person that he's having to fix, right? Like that old drunk Bobby that's yeah, coming to t- come yeah. in and t- to fix your problem and like not having any idea. Like they they did that a little bit with Constantine for a few for a few issues of the comics that I really really enjoyed. Like having it just be some crazy figure that comes in and fixes a problem and then leaves, and you're like, well, they weren't particularly nice about it, but my ghost is gone, so I guess it's good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's not these uh these not these hunks showing up. It's just this old crazy dude. I'm so into that.
0: Yeah, so uh, the FBI agent finds the the grave that they dug, which has been dug out, and the Okami body. Luckily for Bobby, has disappeared. Um, unluckily for probably everybody else, this. Um, yeah. But but before that, actually, I actually I skipped a section. While the FBI agent and Jody Mills is is in his house, uh, the phone rings and it's Dean. And we get yep. this. We haven't seen Dean in a good like ten or fifteen minutes now, and the the priest that they were going to get to bless the silver knife to kill the Lamia is now dead in the background. The Lamia is just beating the shit out of Sam Winchester. And it's fantastic. (laughs) And Dean is like yelling on the phone. Like, you've got to give me another way. Like we're an emergency here. And like Bobby is having to say like, well, then you're going to take the Rosemary and time and you're just going to, you're just going to roast it. (laughs) Trying to hide the fact that he's describing how to kill a supernatural being on the phone from the FBI agent who's sitting in his living room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Such like, just the, 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 that they're able to pull so much comedy out of these is just, uh, just a credit to everybody. I'm just going to give Jensen the credit on this one. Cause it's, it's unlike comedy that we've had. I mean, we've had plenty of comedy in Supernatural, but it's a different brand of it here and it's just so good.
0: It's, it's very, very good. It's interesting to me that, um, I, d- I didn't really think about this until just now, but, uh, you know, Jensen is directing an episode where he himself is not in it a whole lot, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which probably makes a lot of sense. I've never understood how like you direct yourself in a movie, but w- whatever. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a famous director or actor. So
1: same. So yeah, this this whole thing is uh is cool because so. He just says that, you know, the, the Fed finds the hole in the backyard. He says, you know, what? Never had a septic tank explode? Might want to watch where you step. It's pretty gross back here. But, you know, as we said, this means that the Okami is out. So he calls Rufus because he knows that the Okami will target uh, specific, like, ha- it has a specific type that it likes to go after. It's kind of what, what makes this thing unique. Um, and this one was basically going after single white females. Uh, and he realizes that his neighbor uh Marcy I think that's her name is just that um I love the little conversation between him and Rufus where he's like yeah the yokami it's it's not dead and he's like sure it is Bobby said, well did you stab it what seven times with a bamboo knife blessed by a shinto priest and he's like five times pretty sure it was five <laughs> Bobby's like well obviously <laughs> no. not cuz obviously it's, it's not dead. five <laughs> But I, I I love that as part of Rufus's thing of him just being so stubborn, being like, "No, I'm pretty sure I'm right, even though I'm clearly not."
0: It's it, this is extremely good, um, mm-hmm. and of course we we are, we know that there's a, a local single white female um, hanging around, and this is the mm-hmm. you know Bobby's neighbor. So he has to go and like break into her house with a shotgun which causes her all sorts of strife and she's very concerned until they both look up at the ceiling and find this this weird Okami thing on the ceiling and it attacks Bobby and then there's a great big old fight going um this is great she the the chick is just screaming almost the entire time which is something that <laughs> kind of just I, I should find probably irritating but actually just delights me to no end
1: yeah it's just like just horror camp almost and Unfortunately, you know, well, or maybe fortunately, Bobby takes the okami outside and ends up shoving it through the wood chipper and just spraying blood all <laughs> over himself, all over his neighbor. Uh, this I poor mean, woman. I love the idea that a wood chipper kind of trumps all the the magic mumbo jumbo that they have to do. Like, no, he didn't stab it seven times with a bamboo knife blessed by a Shinto priest. However, <laughs> you put something through a wood chipper, <laughs> you're pretty much covered. Even uh, even when
0: he's explaining this to Rufus later, and Rufus is like, "Oh yeah, I guess I guess Woodchipper does trump that, huh?" <laughs> so good. What a great what a great fucking episode. It, we, yeah. Also, this, um, as you might imagine, uh, cools down her, her 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 interest in Bobby. He's like, "I can yeah, I can still come over," and she's like, "No, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, thanks." It's, it's so sad. <laughs> so Poor sad. Bobby. Yeah, um, Chris. At this point when I was watching these episodes last night, I was like, okay, like that's, that seems like it, that seems like the episode. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and mm-hmm. I was, I had to pause it to do something. And I was like, wait a I minute. Mean, there's just only 25 minutes into it. Like we've, we've got a yeah. whole other episode left. So much happens between <laughs> it's, here. It's so, there's a lot of it, man. Uh,
1: and it's all good. Normally when this, this much happening in an episode, not all of it's great, but I'm, I'm here for all of it.
0: Yeah. I am. I am totally into this. Rufus has got a lead on Crowley. um, he, he, he has found out that Crowley was born in Scotland in 1661, and he had a son whose name was Gavin. Um, so, of course, uh, apparently Gavin was buried with a certain ring or something that Bobby has to have. So uh, he asked Rufus to go get the ring for him, which is a nice thing mm-hmm. for Rufus to do. Um,
1: I thought they said it was at a maritime museum. And I don't know if I made up the maritime part because it made me think of that place that they went to in season three, the ghost ship. They do say um, something
0: like that because – yeah, because some uh, – um, on the ship over or something, like they went on some prison ship to the United States or not, or to America at that point, uh, the ship sank and it's like some underwater deep sea divers like found them or whatever. So it, it was yeah. on some like crazy like maritime exhibi- exhibition. So
1: that aside, they go to Andover, Massachusetts, which is um, just for all you out there, uh, very close to me. <laughs> so – Right <laughs> around the corner. Find me. Yeah. Um, they're in my neck of the woods, or, or Rufus is, and he, he gets, this, this whole thing is ridiculous and amazing because we don't get to see any of it. Uh, Rufus gets to this museum and is like, okay, I'm gonna break in now, and then the next time we hear from Rufus, you just hear sirens in the background because he was caught stealing this ring from this museum.
0: And we find this out because he breaks in on a phone call. Uh, Bobby was finally about to sit down. He's going to have, have himself in the cobbler, have a nice moment to himself when Dean calls, right? And Dean wants to mm-hmm. have like this very serious conversation about how he's worried about Sam and he's concerned that Sam's not acting himself. And Bobby is just like, hold, hold on, I got a call coming in. And Dean's like pissed off about this. He's so mad <laughs> he's so yeah. angry to be put on hold and at, on the other line is Rufus with you know chased by cops and Bobby says whatever you do don't swallow the ring he goes swallow the ring got it and immediately swallows the ring
1: <laughs> and then you just hear in the in the background it cutting off as he's like no wait no just yelling at the cops <laughs> and he just gets arrested
0: there's lots of and we're going to get into it here in a bit too there's lots of uh, like Stuff that they're doing through, uh, like, phone like, voices or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're doing good sound work. Let me rephrase that. They're doing some really excellent sound yeah. work in this. Yeah. Uh, Bobby goes back to Dean and basically demands that he get Sam on the line, puts him on secret phone, and then just starts – it proceeds to just yell at these two boys and it's just run great. them down. I love this.
1: Because after seeing everything that Bobby did this episode, you, I we are, I think, everybody is firmly in Bobby's camp on this one. They're like, damn it, guys. I mean, Dean is a little bit extra rude in this episode, I think, to get the point across. Um, yeah. But still, it's like they never, they, they'll say, hey, thanks, Bobby, but that's kind of it. We never see, you know, obviously everything he goes through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dean being like, you know, I'm pouring my heart out here and you got something better to do. I'm sorry. And Bobby's like, uh, put your brother on the phone. We got some shit to talk about. And it's incredible. It's like, you call me for whatever you need. I love you like my my sons. But uh, and then just just lays into him. And I can't do it justice. But man, oh, man, is it good. And they being being the good boys that they are. They're like, OK, you're right. We're sorry. Um and I think they say, you know, they want to help Bobby with whatever it is that he needs. They're there for him. All, he, all he's all he got to do is ask, which, of course, it's easy to say at the moment. But, you know, they I think both of them, especially Dean, who has been out of everybody dealing with so much just crazy shit. You know, his soul isn't on the line, but he's still dealing with a whole lot of stuff. It seems like they almost forgot that Bobby sold his soul. <laughs> like they took that for granted. <laughs> And now yeah, it's, it's them all slowing down, taking a moment to to help out their friend.
0: It's it it is like Dean calling Bobby selfish is uh, on the phone is just one of the like I, I was like Dean, please like you and I know Dean, I know just please. just like you, just like you just said like they were doing it to drive the point home across, like I don't think that Dean is actually that mean or yeah. that totally disinterested. Uh, but I think it's an easy way to illustrate the fact that he has totally forgotten that, like you just said, like Bobby has – he that Dean has forgotten exactly what Bobby has done for these boys. It's um, also
1: like a pretty little clever way to sort of reinforce the ongoing thing of something's wrong with Sam because mm-hmm. uh, he's not in the episode, but they don't let you forget about it. They The episode isn't about the monsters or about Sam and Dean. It's about Bobby, but they still are able to remind us of most of what's been going on, which is – that's good like that is it that is solid writing right there
0: agreed uh, but he finally says you know I, I need your help like in case you haven't forgotten uh, in case you've forgotten Crowley has my soul and he's not giving it back and I, I need you boy and of course the boys being the boys of course we're going to help you no you, you know all you have to do is call it up and ask and that's a point mm-hmm. that I like that's made because immediately after this we see a scene with Bobby and Joeda and Jody Mills where he says that he goes I'm trying yeah. out this whole new thing where I'm asking for help so I think Bobby was definitely in the right of saying like you can't call me selfish after all of these things that I've done for you right but also Dean is in the right of like hey dude we can't help you if you don't straight up tell us what's going on or ask like you just right. we can't do anything so I think that's a really nice like that's a that's a good I don't know what, who, which writer which of the two writers did that but that's, that's a fun moment between those two
1: just the fact that this episode works on so many levels and it, it doesn't need to it could have just been a, like a goofy like Bobby uh, hijinks episode where he's gonna get Rufus out of trouble because that's kind of seems like the A plot of this. It's just like you know his current situation or, or dealing with the stuff with Crowley. They didn't need any of these extra layers, but that's what makes it so good. And um, I think it's it's safe to say this is in in my top ten of favorite episodes. Um. I, you
0: mentioned that earlier and i don't know why we haven't been like keeping a list like yeah, <laughs> all with all my obsession with spreadsheets like we could just be like d- is it above or, or below like whatever episode right like and just go up with it like that old uh like that game spot thing that was going around with that game effect uh, game facts thing that was going around where you would choose to between the two games it would make a top 100 list for you uh, anyway um so he, so Bobby goes to ask Jody if he, she can get uh, Rufus out because obviously Rufus has this ring and we still need that to go do some wizard yeah, shit. Yeah, he needs it. to be
1: extradited from uh, Massachusetts to wherever <laughs> the hell that Bobby lives. I always forget. Uh, Washington, right? Or no? He's in the Midwest somewhere, right? Where is Sioux Falls? You know what? Let's find the frick out. P- probably Kansas. Let's just say Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, probably Kansas.
0: But um, she, she basically tells him no. Jody says, "Like, I, I, there's only so much I can do for you without sacrificing my entire career. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Like, I'm doing the best I can, but like, there's just no way I can do this." And then immediately in the scene following, it's later that night, and she shows up at the door with Rufus, who is just, yep. t- like completely happy to be out. He's like, "Yeah, I'm yeah. here. Woo!" <laughs> He's just having a good time.
1: <laughs> they're in. Uh, they're in South Dakota.
0: Mm.
1: So and that's uh, that's Kansas. quite that's quite the trick. Okay. So that's yeah, he uh, she she. She pulls basically every favor and puts out a few as she says in between like it's going to cost her basically everything and her reputation is going to be on the line but she's going to do it. And this is where kind of where Bobby pulls the thing like there's a lot that I've done for this town, some you know about, some you don't. And I just need you to do this and I think Jody is a good person and she understands the value of of what Bobby really does and she is willing to to stick her neck out it's not even like a personal bond i think for jody it's the sense of doing what's right and you know maybe busting somebody out of jail isn't always the right thing to do but in this situation she knows she's she's helping out a guy who literally fights evil so that's like a pretty good move um gotta give it to jody on this one but yeah she manages to get rufus there and she's like all right you have like 30 minutes and then i'm you know calling in the escape so, if I lose my job over this, you're in big trouble, Bobby. But here you go.
0: <laughs> and uh, Rufus has gotten the ring out. We're not going to go into a lot of details on that. Yeah, but it looks. Bobby immediately says, "Let's boil some water." Yeah, let's and, uh, go boil let's, some water. <laughs> then it's wizard time, Chris. And then man, it's I'm so glad time. that you, I'm so glad that you called this out way way back in. Um, the first time I think that the boys like had to buy a Ouija board or some shit and they did it on like a or they sponge. Spongebob, SpongeBob Bob pants, place, mat yeah. Wizard <laughs> Mat or whatever. Uh like they just do so much magic and like he's he's like chanting and using all this stuff. The ring like floats in midair and sure enough he summons Gavin. Uh and it's <laughs> you you just see this dude show up he's just a ghost right like we see yeah. like the the cold breath thing coming from Bobby and then he just shows up there's no conversation we go to a commercial break come back and now Bobby is summoning Crowley so mm-hmm. uh the, the obvious thing that you think here is that Bobby is summoning Gavin in order to like have a hostage thing with Crowley and say, well like, I'll give you your son back as long as you give him my soul back yeah
1: well that's certainly um, what Crowley says is happening
0: Absolutely. And I like that. It's absolutely not that right. Like Crowley yeah. pretends for a minute to be concerned about his son, but then just like, I hate the little bastard. Like, I don't know what, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything for him. You can do whatever you want to with him.
1: Um, but we, I, I, even I was fooled. I was like, wow, Bobby, why would you think that would work? Um, but yes, yeah, sure enough, that's, that's not at all what he was after. He, he was getting some info on, uh, on old Crowley from his son. Um, and the info that he got is that Crowley made a deal a long, long time ago um, for, what, an extra three inches below the belt? Hey, he's just trying he to says. get to double
0: digits, Chris. He's just I trying to get to love double digits. <laughs>
1: that Crowley – okay, so that's, that's what Crowley sold himself for, went to hell for it. That's incredible. That's so funny. Um, and it's so very Crowley. Um, but also that he immediately comes back with that retort of just trying to hit double digits without missing a beat is very funny and very, very Crowley. Um, but the whole thing that they've planned here and where Sam and Dean come up real big for uncle Bobby here (laughs) is that they flew to Scotland to this place that they located the remains of Crowley Fergus, whatever his name was before he became Crowley. He was just this old Scotsman who sold his soul and they are literally standing over his grave in Scotland. I don't know where they are on location here. Probably just a green screen in the background. But it looked – I was convinced. And that means that Dean got on a plane.
0: <laughs> Which they have to cover. And they talk about later as Dean and Sam are yeah. both squeezed in this v- extremely tiny European car with yeah. you know the, the the steering wheel definitely on the wrong side. Where do these boys get passports at?
1: <laughs> uh, lo- the logistics of this are a nightmare. <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe Castiel just zapped him over. Who knows? Um, no, well, no, they they the, actually talk
0: about it. Like they they took they, a Dean, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dina's like, I you know, it was touch and go there for a little while or whatever. It was really nice.
1: White knuckling it the whole way through. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just funny that the boys went international, um, but yeah, they 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 have the threat, the real threat over Crowley. He undoes his deal with Bobby. Finally, Bobby demands that he keeps in the part where he gets to keep his legs. Uh, good thinking, Bobby. Um, he's learned, you know. It's all about the way you word things. Got to make sure that he doesn't end up uh, paralyzed again. And um, yeah, in like a blink of an eye, uh, Crowley has has been he's been freed from the uh, the devil's trap, and then suddenly he's just in Scotland at his own grave, and he collects his bones. And weirdly, here Dean is like, we should probably kill this guy because Crowley. You know, he's he's really become a thorn in our side. And Sam is like, no, a deal's a deal. What the fuck, Sam?
0: Yeah, do you remember when Sam met Crowley for the first time and Crowley handed him the, uh, the colt? And, and Sam yeah. was like, and where is Lucifer going to be? He's like, oh, he's going to be here and here and here. He like, okay. And then immediately tried to shoot Crowley in the forehead. Mm-hmm. Where is that, Sam?
1: Yeah, what the heck, Sam? But I love that he's like, I don't need you to stand up for me, Moose.
0: <laughs> and then tells him to get bent, which yeah. seems like a very 1600 very Scottish good. insult to me. Very get good. Get bent, <laughs> you great
1: big moose. <laughs> oh, man.
0: <laughs> I just insulted somebody that, there. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's, hey, good. For, that's good. Um, and that kind of wraps it up. And then we get to you know our boys finally appreciating Bobby and all he does via phone call. Um, this is where we hear Dean white-knuckling it all the way through through a couple of puke bags. He actually didn't drink for the ride. He stayed sober.
0: Which I don't believe at all, not, not, yeah. in, the, not in the least. Um, but yeah, they, they do try to apologize to Bobby, and he, you know, or no, excuse me, Bobby tries to apologize to them, and they, they're like, no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, it was all on us, it was all on us. And then uh, they get off the phone, and then Bobby sits down, and then he's about to eat some more uh, of that delicious cass- that casserole. Uh, Peach cobbler? peach cobbler and the phone rings or one of his many FBI phones rings and he's right back into work again. And that's yep. where the episode ends.
1: And it's like just a solid block for block all the way through.
0: This is, this is a fantastic episode. I, uh, I, I really d- you Know Jensen directing is,
1: is really really great.
0: I did, I'd never knew this before. i never remember liking this episode, but I didn't I wasn't really paying attention to who was writing or directing this episodes so unless I you think know
1: on the Blu rays there's a little featurette about uh Jensen directing it. Might have I can see that.
0: that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, unless unless Eric Kripke's name popped up, like I wasn't really paying attention to anybody, like, right? Uh, right. so um, it was you know this this entire episode again showing us the boys in a different light coloring in the lines of of bobby as a character and like the stuff that he's going through more exposure to some of my favorite side characters like jody and uh rufus like this is just fucking mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 for me
1: yeah it's it's a home run and it's it's just so cool that they they pulled this off and my interest at the time was very much in figuring out what was going on with sam because it's I was still uh, uneasy about the whole situation. Dean has obviously started bringing it up more and more every episode. And you got to think, you know, we, it's been, this is our second week of season six, but this would have been the fourth week of just this ongoing like anxiety about my favorite show and like be like, what is going on with this shit? Um, But this episode just delivers so strongly on, on all fronts that I was able to completely forget about anything else. and, if you, I know there's a few people, I think, who, who listen to this podcast who don't actually watch Supernatural, uh, but if you have the time, this episode is 100% worth watching, even if you don't watch any of the other episodes.
0: Yeah, there, there's you know, I'm not going to say that with everyone. I know people listen to it and they don't, maybe they've already seen the show. So they're not going back and rewatching it. Or maybe they just want to listen to us talk about it for some reason. I can totally respect that. Like there's a lot of time investment involved in a 20 something hour, um, TV show per season. Mm-hmm. And we're on the sixth one of those. <laughs> so that's a huge time commitment. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I would definitely say like, go, go seek this one out. I think it's, it's worthwhile. Uh, I, and again, I just, I just, I love getting to know these side characters a little bit of the, you know, filling in the universe. Like we, Yep. The the, the core mystery of like what is going on with Sam and you know where are, where, where did all these Campbells come from? That seems really weird. Uh, <laughs> like it, just being able to set that aside for a little bit and kind of focus on something else is is really great. Um, Chris, can I hit you with two pieces of trivia from the from the Supernatural Wikipedia?
1: Oh, lay it on me.
0: Um, one is extremely interesting, and the second one is less interesting. Do you, do you have a preference? which you hear first?
1: Um, less interesting first, let's build up to it.
0: Less interesting at first is, uh, the fact that it was Alamia and that she referenced Drag Me to Hell is significant because that was the primary villain in Drag Me to Hell, which I've uh. seen Drag Me to Hell and I did not remember that. So, <laughs> uh. that's good on you, Sam Raimi or whoever, whoever it was. And, uh, the most interesting one is that this episode's title, which you might remember is Weekend at Bobby's, is a reference to the movie title Weekend at Bernie's.
1: Okay, then. <laughs> Excellent. I, Extreme, love, I love. Extremely the, interesting. I love when the that Wiki, Wikipedia tells us things that just no no average viewer would ever be able to figure out on their own.
0: Yeah, you just don't really get that from the episode. You know what I'm saying? Also, like those
1: really difficult pop culture references.
0: Like, and I get the, the that it's a reference, but like, what does it have to do with like Bobby playing a dead man? Or
1: yeah, like, the plot of Weekend at
0: Bernie's really has nothing to do with this whatsoever. Like, did they just want to make the pun?
1: I think they just wanted to make the pun.
0: <laughs> I can respect that.
1: Sometimes you just got to go
0: with the pun, you know what I'm saying? You don't Sometimes even have to back you it up. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um Yeah, two two more great episodes in season 6, man. I'm I'm having a good time with season 6 so far. Have you looked ahead yet? Have you are you
1: I don't actually know which specific episodes are next. I, I it's fun kind of stumbling into them. I usually once I'm there, I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I know what this is." But um it's it's fun kind of being surprised each time. Cause I did not expect us to be covered weekend at Bobby's this early. And I was very pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah. This is, this is, this was a great one. Um, We've got a couple of other ones that I don't really remember too well coming coming up, but I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. interested in watching. So I'm looking forward to discussing those with you. In the meantime, listeners, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so very directly by going to patreon.com slash monster of the week. Give it a couple of bucks a month. They get you access to cool stuff. Um, you can chat with cool people in our discord. You can get physical goods in the mail from Chris. You can get access to our um, extended library of hunk chunks which is all of our outtakes and songs and various things that we have made uh, in relation to the podcast that grows, you know, basically whenever I have a free couple hours and remember that I need to do it (laughs) is when that stuff grows. Uh, um, And if you don't want to do so very directly, uh, you can tell a friend about the podcast. That really helps. uh, Or leave us an iTunes review. That could could help us out a lot too.
1: Heck yeah. Heck
0: yeah, Chris. Uh, Where are you at on Twitter now?
1: I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. And I have another podcast that I just started called The Pretenders Guild, which Ooh. is about role playing in uh, the Elder Scrolls. So if you're into that sort of thing, I'm just I'm plugging it right now, Jeremy. I'm sorry.
0: Is it is it just role playing in the Elder Scrolls? Because I'm into role playing, but
1: as as of right the, the now, Elder that's Scrolls. what we're covering. We mm-hmm. we have um, as we introduce it, I always say an Elder Scrolls po- role playing podcast, but it, technically it is not. Um, I think that's just what we're starting. We're using Skyrim because it's such an, an open. Uh, thing to kind of to play within um but we want to grow out of that I, we have a lot of ideas of where we can go with this but for now that's where we're at um hoping to do a lot more with this it's a lot more creative and like structured than i'm used to so um if people are interested in that they can check it out it's called the pretenders guild
0: definitely go check it out i've listened to the first three episodes and they are they're all great i believe you're about to hit us with another episode uh the night after this is being recorded so i'm looking forward to that tomorrow cool Uh, Thank you out there for everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Um, And that's it. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway At the start
1: of the episode, Sam pays off a hooker. This represents a large step from
0: <laughs> season four, episode one. Oh man. The uh, the best part of that is the backward <laughs> question mark. Is it like
1: Yeah, question mark? Hey, you know what? As long as he's as long as he's treating him with respect, it's just a step. Doesn't have to be forward or backwards. <laughs> Man, Somebody somebody sent me like a little message on our like link system at work and um, was like, hey, you need to update your email. Can we have confirmation? Whatever. And I gave this dude so much shit because I was like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? I want proof <laughs> that you sent me an email and that we're doing this because nobody has told me any of this shit. And my name is very similar to my boss's name. So people will constantly try to talk to me as if I'm my boss. I'm like, uh-uh, no, not me um so i just sort of assumed that that was what this was and then he just sent me an email and he was like hey chris need you to uh just confirm this we're updating everybody's email and i'm like yo my bad dude um like i got really in your face about this (laughs) this is totally legit you totally just need to update my email my bad i'm over here accusing you of lies
0: are you uh are you using your little wi-fi thing
1: I'm not, in my, do I have terrible, uh, yeah, terrible were, Wi-Fi?
0: You were glitching all over the place.
1: But that was a funny story.
0: It was a really good story. I, I caught the end.
1: <laughs> it. Damn was it. A, okay. Some of, the,
0: some of the middle got messed up.
1: <laughs> Let's give it a couple more minutes and if it gets shitty, then I'll, I'll, uh, or if it doesn't get any better. I what just turned your, the Wi-Fi uh, off on my phone.
0: What does your connection info look like?
1: Oh, it's only at three bars. What the frick?
0: Is it, are you in the green or are you?
1: There's another, there's another, um, Wi-Fi signal that's open and it looks like it's made up. Maybe somebody is just like hacking into my computer because that seems, I get a lot of warning messages about some bad, some malware that I might have on here, but it's just, I don't have time to think about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You were, you're glitching all over the place, my friend.
1: (laughs) Damn it. I'm saying so many funny stories.
0: I can't wait to listen back on what what these actually sound like when I'm
1: editing. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, man. What are you doing, man? Whatever, dude. Hopefully my connection gets better now, dude.
0: After that, I'm going to Lafayette and spending a bunch of money on tile and toilets to make sure that he has all the material he needs to start on December 4th and... After that, it's just going to be, like, a long string of logistics of, like, okay, so we need to move everything out of the kitchen so that you can put floors down, and then that has to, like, not be stepped on for 24 hours. So we probably need to be out of the house while that, like, finishes, and then we can move everything into the kitchen, and you can do the
1: bathrooms. Um, How are you going to get any gaming done? (laughs)
0: I I don't expect to get a lot of done in the beginning of December, which is which makes me wonder like why the fuck I bought Assassin's Creed uh, just because it was forty one dollars on sale. I just yeah. bought it uh, and I don't don't know why. Shouldn't have
1: it happened to me quite a lot this weekend. Apparently, I bought a few games, not just everybody's golf. It turns out,
0: did you buy end up buying Nier, after all?
1: I did. Yeah, I just bought it on Amazon. And I was like, it's probably going to be on sale like tomorrow for Black Friday. Oh, absolutely. Whatever.
0: Yeah. What other games did you buy besides Nier?
1: Okay, I bought Everybody's Golf. I bought Nier. I bought uh, Kingdom Hearts for Jess. didn't matter because then she just got obsessed with The Sims. Mm-hmm. So I bought The Sims. Um, I bought... Um, oh, Dishonored 2. That was the other game I bought. Oh, nice.
0: <clears throat> what, uh... Did her... Did, 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 I don't think that's ever that... I can't talk today. Did uh, it just not, not work on her laptop, The Sims?
1: She never even tried, never to, tried. to download it, but I she could barely run The Sims 3, so I feel like she'd be running into trouble with The Sims 4. Um, But, man, like, so the first day, I made her and I, and made myself basically an old man, and then I let her make herself into, like, a supermodel, uh, because that's just what she wanted. And I was like, all right, man, I look pretty realistic, and you look ridiculous, but that's fine, we're a married couple in this game, we're gonna have a good time. And she started playing it for, like, five minutes, and was, like, just, like, hated it. She was like, I can't play this game, this isn't fun, it's too hard to control two people, and... I don't understand these controls and I was like fuck I just spent 50 bucks on this game she's not even gonna play it I'm probably not gonna play it and then Saturday she was like all right let me let me take another crack at this and then sure enough like six hours later actually no I don't think Saturday she played a little bit but Sunday she started playing it and then like an hour goes by and I was like okay I've been reading for a little while I'm gonna I'm gonna rearrange some stuff so like reorganize my bookshelves and like two hours passed she's still going and I was like all right um I'll go make some lunch if you want to eat and then shirt sure, she just keeps on keeps on trucking. And then I was like, I get I mean it's getting late, I gotta watch Supernatural, so I'll just do it on the iPad. You just keep on <laughs> you just keep on doing big girl. That's so awesome. She's deep in it now.
0: That's just that's too that's too many tweets, Chris.
1: Too many tweets. That's, that's uh, what they call me. That's my rap name. Too many tweets. Too many
0: tweets. It's young too many tweets. It's your rap name yep. Yep. and the thing that you're bad yep, at yep. Twitter for. Young too many tweets. Yep. Mm, I need to I need to get jazz, man. I'm not I'm low energy right <laughs> get, now. What is that? Are you snapping at me?
1: I'm clapping my hands.
0: Are you are you sure That's you're a, clapping your hands? It's the song it, it's the
1: song I would well I was doing it lightly.
0: Uh,
1: it's the song I would sing to Jess when she was in a bad mood, but we needed to go to the bookstore.
0: What was the song?
1: I would I would just say let's buy some manga, let's let's buy some <laughs> manga. Hey, that was it.
0: Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> uh, and just to, just to repeat that, you had you got pressured by some nerd at a GameStop to subscribe to a magazine.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Well, no, he was like, um, <laughs> dude, all right, about to put this kid on blast. Um, I walked into GameStop and I was there was two like teenage kids working there. And uh, the first one was busy helping somebody check out. So the, the other, he was like, go, go help those other people. Because he clearly wanted the second. Boy number two. Boy number one wanted boy number two to stop pestering him. He's like, I'm, cl- I'm trying to complete a transaction, be a professional, I'm at work. Please leave me alone, boy number two. So boy number two was like, hey, do you need any help? And I was like, no, I'm good, man, thanks. I fucking, I know how to game, bro. Um, and then he came up to me and he's like, so what are you looking for? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just looking around. He's like, I, I thought that i thought that you were looking for a specific game i'm like N- uh no dude it's okay no i'm not uh you're fine it's cool <laughs> and he was like oh okay And then he just stood there and i was like oh man you're real awkward huh uh... and then he's like do you do you need if you need me i'll be here i'm like thank you thank you so much all right and then i walked around for a while and then i didn't i didn't find near so i was like well this is stupid let's leave so i left and then like a few minutes later, we were walking back to the car. I was like, all right, I'll go in again. I'll, I'll go look for something else. Cause I was basically just looking for near the first time around. So I went back in and um, was like, Hey dude, I'm back. And he's like, you look familiar. And I'm like, haha. Yeah. Right. Cause I was just here. <laughs> and then he was like, do you come in here a lot? And I was like, Oh man, I don't know if you're doing a bit or no, but no, I don't. I, I was just here a few minutes ago. And then he's like, Oh, okay. Well, let me know if you need anything. I was like, Okay, thanks. Thanks, my dude. And then Jess walked in a minute later. She had stopped at the car before coming in, and he did the same thing to her. He was like, you look familiar. <laughs> you come in here a lot. You fucking...
0: We're like,
1: you nerd. It's amazing um, how
0: terrible people that work at those game stores are. Yeah. And I'm, like, yeah. Here's the thing, everyone. Here, here's, here's something that be, it may be uncomfortable to hear. Being a gamer or identifying yourself as a gamer <laughs> is fucking stupid, and you shouldn't do it. Because yeah. games are just entertainment. Nobody like describes themselves as like a, a movie er or a novel er, yeah. or I guess yeah.
1: novelist, but that's reader,
0: yeah, <laughs> a big reader. <laughs> like it's just so fucking ridiculous that people get so up mm-hmm. in up in whatever with all this stuff.
1: Oh, here's the kicker. So when we came back in the second time, and I'm I'm walking around looking, they didn't, you know, nobody was was ruffling my feathers or anything. It's just awkward teenagers being awkward. However, um, a woman appears from the back. She looks like she's maybe a year or two older than these boys and she's, she's probably the manager or something. And boy number one, I just see him kind of like make a beeline for her. And then he was like, so I was trying to catch your Twitch stream last night, but I, I couldn't quite remember what your name was. What did you say oh, your, your Twitch name wow. was? I'd love, I'd love to watch you stream sometime. And I, I think she told, I don't know, I couldn't, wasn't really paying that much attention. Uh, and, and then he was like, well, you know, we could, we could play multiplayer tonight if, if you want, uh. And she was like, "Yeah, whatever, dude. That's fine. I don't care." Um, and they were talking about you know PUBG, whatever that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just, it was that that exchange was awkward enough. We we could play multiplayer tonight, <laughs> but. <laughs> But boy number two, the one who was asking me for help, he just like swooped in. He was like, "What game? What game were you playing multiplayer? Like, what are you playing tonight?" And they just ignored him. <laughs> they just didn't answer
0: him. <laughs> oh, poor boy number two. And then he came oh, over
1: to terrible. me to be like, "He's just yeah, then because he got like shut down. He just came over to me to ask if I needed anything. <laughs> I, was like, I need you to leave me alone." <laughs> so then I finally, all right, I went up to pay, and I was trying to buy some shit, um, and I was like, "Here, I have cash, and I'm not." Please just take. This is. I know you're very confused. I'm using dollar bills in 2017, but I have cash and I'm using it. And then he was like, "Oh, would you have a GameStop Power Up Rewards card?" And I was like, "I have my old account, whatever." And then he's just going on about all how much I would save. And then I just look over and I see the, the stack of Game Informer sitting there with Goku on the front. And I was like, "Does this still come with Game Informer?" <laughs> and he was like. <laughs> yeah yeah it does and i was like alright I'll do it give me that fucking give me that fucking magazine I'm trying to read about Goku um, so I didn't really get pressured into that but he was just sort of he had just worn me out a little bit mm-hmm. and I was like "I'm just give me the magazine and then he has the gall Uh-oh. to ask me if I want to get insurance on my fucking video game my disc he was like you know there's there's a few games on this disc you don't want to scratch it and I was like do I look like I'm fucking four years old I'm 27 I'm not gonna <laughs> break my discs I got it dude (laughs) yeah and then so i basically i bullied teenagers this weekend and um now i have a subscription to game informer teenagers you know some of them need bullying i've told
0: you my my weird magazine story (laughs) from a video game store right have i told you this maybe i don't
1: know let's lay it on me when we
0: went to um uh buy our first house you know, we were having to do like extensive credit dives on all of our both of our credits. And uh sure. there was this weird like thing that said I owed some uh debt company like eight hundred dollars or some shit. I was like, what the fuck could this be? I have no idea what this is. Uh, so we like call the number and I'm like, describe who I am. I'm like, you've got this thing on my credit report. Who the fuck is, what the fuck is this? So, like, I'm kind of aggro from the get go thinking like I'm, this is some bullshit. And they're like, oh, well in 1997, uh, and keep in mind, this was probably 2005, right? So, But in, mm-hmm. in 1997, uh, you signed on to, you, you agreed to a subscription of several different magazines. And uh, those magazines were sent and delivered to you and you have never paid for them. And I was like, what? I was 17 years old in 1997. I'm not going to, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, there's no way. Oh, uh, sir, please please hold for one second. And I hear, like, click, like some keyboard taps. And I said, okay, sir, uh, if you can just listen to this, please. And it's, and she, presses a button and it's literally 17 year old jeremy on the phone with somebody that was calling a to magazine magazines just saying like yeah send me all the fucking magazines i love them yeah yeah sure i'll subscribe they <laughs> <laughs> fucking recorded me and they were like is, <clears throat> are you saying that this is not you sir and i'm like uh i guess that is totally me <laughs> Oh my god. I said, is there any way that you could take like less than $800 to to get this off my record? Oh yeah, we're authorized to immediately uh, cut that in half for you, sir. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Oh. Yeah, so – That's brutal. Oh, man. It was, I mean, when they brought like this fucking squeaky voice Jay on the phone, I was like, oh God, why? I just wanted it to end immediately. Like that was way before I'd ever even thought about doing a podcast, right? I was not used to hearing my own voice yeah. in a while. <laughs> so you just all of a sudden confronted with yourself and like, like number one, the agony of hearing like, oh my God, I am, subs- why did I say yes? This is the dumbest idea. <laughs> and then also just how terrible your voice is. And then also like it was, you know, almost 10 years be- before the phone, Oh, it was so bad. That's
1: that's hard. That's was, some serious shit. They fucking got how, how me. How have you never told me this? <laughs> they got me, Chris. They fucking got me. That's uh, a big old-fashioned gotcha. Did you even get the magazines?
0: I mean, like, so I worked at Babbage's at the time, uh, which I don't know if you guys had those up there. Babbage's was like a precursor to GameStops or whatever. Right, right. Um, and so, like... I just had a bunch of gaming magazines at all times. Like, we would just take the shit home. Like, oh, like, the you know, the new magazines came in. All the employees get one and <laughs> walk out the door with it. <laughs> so, like, I I don't remember getting any magazines. But, like, we were – and technically we were allowed to take magazines home. But they had to be – last month this year, and you had to tear the cover off. So I guess you couldn't resell them or something. Uh, nobody did that. But my, my house was full of magazines. Like, I – it was, like <laughs> – Probably 2002 before I finally got rid of my collection of five or six years worth of PC gamers. Like, it was Damn. ridiculous. And now I'm relatively regret that I did that. But what what the fuck am I going to do with, you know, 70 PC Look gamers? Look at
1: them. Think about them Wow, look at this uh,
0: PC hardware guide from 1996 Ooh, wow You're definitely going to need a 3DFX card Let me get that Gonna need that for my rig The Voodoo 2 is coming out I need to get that It supports (laughs) trilinear color filtering Or some garbage bullshit
1: Sounds like magic to me
0: It's all magic Just like this podcast is magic when we actually do it Let's do a
1: podcast Let's do it I'm Jeremy Greer Wait, wait, no (laughs) Wait, I need your notes. <laughs> uh,
0: it's been a while since you've had to do a road so far, Chris. Did we do a road so no far fun. in season six, episode one? I don't think we did
1: i hmm hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I'll do one today though. cool. <laughs>
0: like to lay a tile, Chris like what do you even like, um, I have to I have to pick out a color of grout
1: like what the hell? I mean, fuck. Literally, I've laid Tile twice, um, but I, I can't really tell you much. I guess I was just helping my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I, you know, I've come to rely on you for all of my home improvement needs, Chris, and you're
1: really failing me right now. Just me. Just trying to get my dad on the line. Hey, Gary, quick question. I, 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 I said it in the Discord, but he just found out about Destiel. Oh, because I told him about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, I saw something about that, yeah. And he was just like, what? What do you mean? And like there's like a big like portion of the the, the fan base that that really want um uh, Dean and Castiel to be, to be together romantically and he was just was like he just looked puzzled he was like hmm okay <laughs> that was it like it's just the thought had never occurred to him really come on gary
0: well like uh, in in gary 's defense uh like when, before we started this podcast, I was aware that people wanted this <laughs> thing to happen. But I just assumed that they were like taking what was there and kind of running with it. I didn't, I would, yeah. really didn't know. I hadn't thought that the show was just shoving it in your your face the entire t- fucking time. Like this most recent episode that has them literally, like I think they called the episode Broke Back Supernatural or something. Like it's just, it's, oh, wow. it's so obvious. Are you ready?
1: I am freaking ready. You back? Oh, what's up, bro?
0: What's up, my man?
1: I'm different now, bro. What's
0: up? You have um, gone into the nerd zone, I hear. Uh, what, bro? You were talking like a giant fucking nerd, is what I'm saying. I don't,
1: I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you're going to hear me uh, making a lot of groaning noises. Don't be alarmed. It was just me stretching. <laughs>
0: Chris, you're 27 years old. What could possibly be wrong with you?
1: I'm, um, I got a, I got bad posture. I'm just hunched all the time, and I don't stretch enough. So you know, just you know, a lot of that. I'm so
0: excited for you to play near. Same. Did you play oh, the first one? Well, I don't remember.
1: Yeah, but I never finished it. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't play this one. Mm. Do I need to finish the first one? No, not at all. Like I get the idea. I know. I, I mean, I listened to a kid inrinsebo, I guess on it once. <laughs>
0: that's all you need to know um, <laughs> near story is one of those things that I feel like is like it's fun to talk about and to like try to get into the lore or whatever and try to like f- mm-hmm. p- you know tease out all of these different things that yoga Tour wants to do, but at the end of the day, like it's just what you experience in the game, and I think it's still extremely right. emotional and powerful, even if you don't factor in the weird um you know. Manga or the the live action performance thereof—that's completely canonical to the oh story of this game. So, oh my god,
1: what about Dragon or Dragon Guard? Aren't those games technically part of the canon?
0: Yeah, the uh, the the um, bad ending for Dragon Guard three. Is basically what leads into the near universe, for, is, what for from my understanding. Um, there's actually a video that co uh, turned to me on to, the super bunny hop. Did a not super? Is it super bunny hop?
1: Yeah, I know that guy.
0: No, it's a girl. That um, who is the the chick that she it was something. I'm not going to be able to remember who. I feel like is. I
1: know who you're talking about. She does um, a lot of like JRPG videos and stuff.
0: Yeah, but she did like a uh, like a full thing, and, uh, and it is something
1: bunny something. I, yeah, I, I vaguely know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna type in bunny near and see if
1: let's get some weird shit back.
0: Oh no, there's a giant bunny statue. I forgot about that. Never mind that's not going to work. Anyway, um, she does a video and that she goes into like, she starts with Drakengard, which I'd never seen any of that stuff. I'd never played that game. Um, even people mm-hmm. that I, I, I know and trust that I know aren't like trying to troll me or just trying to make shit up are like, yeah, that game is actively hostile to the player. Like you're not, it, it does not want you to play it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's weird. Okay.
1: Yeah. I heard that that game wasn't very good. I only played the first one back on PS2 and it was like, Oh, it has a dragon in it. Cool. You know, that was sure. a selling point for me yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Simpler times. Dragon <laughs> equals purchase,
0: and then you got yeah. burned on those, all those uh, shitty dragon games. Right? Is that what happened? <laughs>
1: yep, that's what it was.
0: All Honestly, right. Dragons <clears> and
1: Dark Souls—some of my favorite shit ever. Still.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that Dark Souls has cool cool dragons. I don't think that the fights really work completely mechanically for no. me. But the uh,
1: dragon on the bridge in Undead Berg is like—it's just cool. It's fucking scary, and it's cool.
0: Did you know that um, if you if you go through like a, a, a wide like a, you have to go through a lot of effort to do it, but you can go through and uh, make it so that you enter that area for the first time from behind it, and, and it still does the same animation or whatever. But you get to see the see it from the other side.
1: Oh, cool! I remember yeah. the first time that I saw the thing fly away, I was like slack jawed. I could not me believe too. like it was just <laughs> like what it can do. Like it wasn't it wasn't affecting me in any way. It wasn't when I was like shooting it or anything. It just I don't know what I did, maybe the way I re- I can't remember, it was so long ago. It doesn't really matter what I did, but it flew away and I was like, this game is fucking magical. It's full of so many secrets and I love it.
0: It's uh I got that same vibe when I played Dragon's Dogma recently. And mm-hmm. I was just like walking from the main hub to like or the main city, castle or whatever, to go do a quest, and a fucking griffin just came out of nowhere, and I thought the griffin was attacking me, and I realized very quickly after I was like started to defend myself that no, the griffin was just like going to get a cow, like the griffin was just fucking hungry. Oh shit! And all of my like pawns and and myself included were like, oh, I got to go fuck that griffin up. And the griffin was like, fuck y'all, I'm out. Here's a bunch of fire or lightning or whatever it cast. And, like, took its cow and just fucking left. Didn't even give me the opportunity to fight it. And I was like, this is is the best. I love this.
1: This is, I don't know, that and, like, the dragon thing in Dark Souls is exactly why I liked Shadow of the Colossus. Even though none of those types of things can happen in it. But when something different happened, I would always be like, oh, my God. There's a turtle in this pond. What is this turtle doing here? I've never seen a turtle in this game before. Better go on to the GameFAQs forums and, and see what anybody has to say.
0: Oh, my God. That game inspired such a level of intensity and, like, curiosity in me that I've never – I don't I don't think mm-hmm. besides Dark Souls, uh, I don't think I've ever really got again. Uh, it's, you know, to, trying to figure out, like, all of the horse tricks that you can do. Like, oh, I can stand on my oh, yeah. horse and draw my bow, and I can jump up and grab an eagle, and I can fly for a while with this eagle or, or whatever. Trying to
1: do the eagle stuff, trying oh to get God. up on top of, like, the f- forbidden c- c- tower yep, whatever the hell yep. it's called up there at the mm-hmm. garden, um, which I did do eventually because of, like, the cheat. Or not the cheap, but like the little glitch that you could rest up at that uh, top area.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Or that, like, there was like some middle life. And then in the, the remake, you, you can't use that anymore. So you have to actually just have your bar high enough. But dude, I'm, all right, we'll get back to Supernatural in a second. But the day that I finally got up there and I explored, I was like, one of the best days of like playing video games in my life was with finally accomplishing that. Because there was no YouTube video that I had watched or whatever. I just heard that you could get up there. So after finally doing all that, looking around and then being like, I'm going across that bridge. And I called my one friend over, not even like one of my close (laughs) friends. It was just this kid from school who was super into Shadow of the Colossus. And I was like, dude, come over. I'm on top of the tower. And he rode his bike to my house (laughs) because he didn't have a car. And I was like, let's do this shit. Ran across that entire bridge. It took like 16 minutes on foot. And then I got to the other end and I was like, oh my fucking God, we're about to leave the forbidden land. I'm about to walk through that crack in the rock over there and you can get like a few feet into that sucker before the wind pushes you back yeah i was like no
0: no i gotta make it now just gotta find the like it's like a zelda thing i gotta find the iron boots so i can walk through this
1: (laughs) just i believed so many things were possible in that game it was incredible.
0: I'm telling you, man, you should you should go back and play that game um, in like New Game Plus or whatever and unlock all of the weird items and stuff because it, it makes it into uh like a weird arcade version. Like it doesn't it, it takes away a yeah. lot of the atmosphere and stuff, but like throwing an exploding javelin at these dudes' heads and just having it like reel true. back is true. <laughs> super fucking fun. You can get like a parachute so you can just jump off the tallest thing that you can find and just float for a while. Which the is really the parachute
1: was the one thing on PS2 that I never got. I was yeah. never able to beat one of the time attack things on hard, so I could not get that fucking parachute. Anyway,
0: in the remake, next the, we're uh, going to be
1: starting a goddamn Shadow Colossus sh- podcast.
0: Monster of the brief, man. <laughs> I'll have to edit that part out. But like Shadow of the Colossus, let's do let's do five quick episodes, three bosses each, and then I'd do a finale. Like I could do that. Yeah,
1: that would be incredible.
0: Um, but please relax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too much, too too many ideas. <laughs> uh. But man, I, I, man, that game, I I love it so much. Like it's just that, that just from the moment we've talked about it so many times, like with the demo and everything, Mm -hmm. like that demo came out and I just was like, I gotta go find this fucking demo. I
1: have to. Did you climb the tower in the demo?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: I went to the second boss area. because I played the demo after the fact. Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 You could, you could break that. You could break your PS2 pretty easily. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, that shit was so good. Okay. I'm glad to know that we were doing the same thing at the same time in our lives. And watching
0: Supernatural. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right.